This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome podcast listeners. This is the stuff that doesn't go out live. I'm not saying it's X-rated or anything, although Jill might swear a bit. Um, last week, we ran a competition. When did Chris guff during the show? Nobody got it, and Chris can't actually remember when he did it. So um, we're going to have another competition this week. Up for grabs is a Kabaya mug. Um, Patrick, where did, where did the uh, Kabaya mug come from? We better give a word to our sponsor. Um, a gentleman named... Ian? Ian. Uh, his Twitter handle, I remember, it's um, Britain the Bronx. He uh, does a bunch of palace. He does T-shirts. He does mugs. He does coasters. He does everything. He's a great guy. So I think it's um, I am no Britain the Bronx on Twitter. Yeah, that's Jimmy Nades. Ian, uh, Ian McDade. Ian McDade, correct. Joe. Yeah, he's, he's so, so, so not Ian, not Ian eating nachos. <laughs> Ian nachos. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. I like that one. This week's competition, um, you can tweet your answers to um, pod, uh, hashtag podcomp. Um, <laughs> Joe revealed to us um, this week, not during the show, that he um, was um, the innovator of a Crystal Palace Charlton chant. Can you, um, to win the Kabaya mug, can you tweet in at Whole Radio what chant about Charlton? Did Gel think up? And if there's more than one winner, Gel, you can't enter this, mate, okay? Um, what chant did Gel think up? Um, I just want to talk a little bit about the um, £77 is too much. Gel, you were, you were ranting about this before we did any recording. And um, do you want to talk about it? Loads of Liverpool fans left early, is that right? I wasn't ranting about it. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that, that, that Liverpool... Because they've built this new stand, next year their top ticket's going to cost 77 quid. So at the 77th minute, when they were winning 2 0, like literally 20 or 15 to 20,000 people just got up and left. And I imagine by the time they got home and stuck Sky Sports on, just to, <laughs> see, that, just to see that they'd won 2 2 0. They'd actually drawn 2 2. Oh, dear. That's hilarious. They do like it. The prices, Terence, are they getting ridiculous or not? I think they are. Um, I thought it was outrageous the other day that the um, thirty-pound cap on away tickets got blocked by the Premier League chairman. When because consi- 
um, because they just decided that they didn't want to cap. And they worked out that based on prices in recent years, every club would have suffered, on average, per season, a loss of £70,000. So they're getting hundreds of millions of pounds on a Sky TV deal, yet the greedy... 11 million quid a game next year. And, no, and seven, for 70 grand over the course of the season, they, don't, they can't cap away tickets. It's an utter disgrace. And then for Liverpool to build in this new stand to put extra seats in that stadium, and then they're going to... And it's a, it's a similar problem that we're having now sort of in and around our halfway line on the main stand, that people are getting price hikes because everyone at uh, Parish and Co are looking at the ticket prices in that area and thinking, well, in every other Premier League ground, they're charging this, so we're going to charge this as well. Except from when you end up with that old, that poor 82-year-old bloke or whatever he is who can't afford it now. The same seat he's sat in for, the same position in the main stand that he's been in for pretty much his whole entire life. He's, yeah. being, pri- he's being priced out of because of an extra little bit of greed. It's a, it's, it's a disgrace. It's a working-class sport and it's hard well, enough, at, yeah, it's hard enough as a working-class person these days just to get by in life on the money that we so, earn. So we don't do sentiment anymore. Yeah, and, and, it, and it's a disgrace, mate. And it is. It's, and there's a, there's a brilliant piece in The Guardian, if you want to look for it. It's from a Liverpool fan who wrote about it, and he's an old boy, and he's wrote about how football's changed over those years and how he's disgraced, and he thinks this is the final straw for him, and he thinks that it's the end of his going to Liverpool days. This is someone who's been going for years and years and years and stuck by him after their glory is. <laughs> and he just said it's, he don't think it can possibly be the same anymore that his club have done something, had the opportunity to make them all proud as Liverpool fans and then they've just taken it away by saying, bang, here's a £77 match ticket that you have to pay now if you've sat here your whole life. I think, I, I think it's a disgrace. And at the end of the day, this is... This is a fact. If it's not for football fans, they're just 22 blokes running around the field. And that is it. They, yeah, the, pa- the sport needs us. Parrish has said, compared to other, other uh, fields of entertainment, that um, it's not bad value for money. But it's, again, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering a bit because my son's just is 11 now. So his, his, ticket, his season ticket's gone up 100 quid. I mean, back in the championship, we used to get the bring a power to palace vouchers. Patrick, how, how much? I, I mean, I don't know much about American sport, um, as, as is obvious. But how much does it cost to get into a Knicks game or a whatever game? It's expensive. I mean, I got tickets for your brother, by the way, and uh, it's about eighty to ninety dollars for a ticket. And those are not tickets by; these are not sideline tickets. These are tickets, you know, decent way up. Yeah. yeah. So um, I don't know what eighty, eighty, ninety dollars is about. What fifty, sixty pounds, right? Yeah. So that's pretty expensive. Um, again, American sports is, is, is very strange. And we talked about before about Super Bowl today. Super Bowl ticket today, you couldn't get Super Bowl today if you wanted to go. It'd be like, you know, you think it's hard to get to a World Cup game or an FA Cup final. But the Super Bowl tickets are ridiculously high. But it's, you know, but American football is a very, it's a 16, it's 16 games a year plus the playoffs. It's a very much of a, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an event type of a sport. I don't know why football costs so much money. So when I flew over in December, I bought tickets for myself, my, my son and my brother to come over. And I thought they were decently priced, but I don't go to every game, you know, like you guys do. So I can imagine, I don't understand why it has to be so much. Like you guys were saying before, you don't make that much revenue from the tickets. You get ticket, you, the revenue come from the, from the TV package. So why can't you? Why can't you cap the prices at a certain price? Over here, it's a little different. Most teams here, like the local team, let's say Knicks, they have a local broadcasting package, 
but they get a lot of their money from from revenue from you know box boxes etc so i understand why it's so high over here but i don't understand why football costs so much and you're right they're pricing out people who are working class who can't afford to go i've got a friend yeah. over here i've got a friend over here named uh named will where they might buy and season tickets for next year just so we'd have them for ourselves maybe give them away but they're so expensive to get you know it's not like you can you know they were i'm gonna say it's gonna cost a couple of thousand dollars each for the season tickets and that's, I might get to four games next year if I'm lucky so it's not like it's really affordable for people to go to whether but you're there or not so. but haven't the season ticket prices been frozen for next year yes I mean, they have. In, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure there was a tweet that was put out yeah in a it lot was, of places it, as long as you get by the end of January and I think end of January or end of February and and, and give the club they do they do do the monthly instalment thing but um, right. they, they, they try they, to make they, things easier for you but, but they it's not have, always they have been frozen in the main. There are a portion of seats in the main stand that have not been frozen. They've been doubled in price. But it's ridiculous. Where I sit, I sit in Block J family stand and um, three seats up from my seat or one seat next to my son's seat, it costs an extra 150 quid a season just because it's not the family area. It's. I'll, I'll tell you, this is, this is, let me just tell you a very, very quick story. When I, the first person that ever took me to Palace just to get him out, away from my, um, my dad, who was a bit of a bully, her name was Jean. She's 83 now, and I tried to get her to a Palace game last season. Her best friend, Margie, she's 85, got breast cancer. They both banter each other about football. Margie's Arsenal, and, 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 and Jean's obviously Palace. She used to take me to, uh, to, to um, football all the time. Home and away, she took me for years and years and turned me into a Palace fan. Anyway, I, I, I went down and I spoke to um, Gemma, who's a carer, and I said, I want, to, I want to surprise Jean. I'll take it to an Arsenal, uh, take it to a game, and I cho- chose the Arsenal game. Anyway, I, I got in contact with um, with Steve Browey. Browey was fantastic. I said, look, I need, I need some tickets. He said, I can give you two free tickets for the old girls. He said, and I'll give you two student price tickets for, for the for, uh, for the carers because they both got wheelchairs, so I said yeah. that's absolutely fantastic. Anyway, I thought I, c- I can't just take them to the game. You know, we've got, we've got to try and get them something to eat. So I contacted. I'm gonna. I'm, I won't say his name, but I contacted the club, and to go into Speroni's, right? It was four hundred quid plus fat. Four hundred quid. It's eighty. I mean, he's like eight, uh, sparrows. They're not like me going to go in here and wolf down hundred quid to a grub, and, and get hammered. These are old pensioners. This is last year, not this season. Last season, and I just, I, I just couldn't, I couldn't. It's four, four hundred and eighty quid. Yeah. It's without the tickets. Without the tickets, Nick. Yeah. So we, we can't stop moaning now. It's been going at rages. This is what I said about the Premier League. This is why the Premier League. It, it's, it is just a money-making exercise. And getting to the point that we were just talking about. Is that I think it's worth eleven million pounds every time we play at home. It's eleven million pounds. I think if you work out that our, if they keep the you know not massive increases on the prices of the tickets, I think our tickets are about six point seven million pounds. So we've got just you know just just over half a you know one of one of our games is eleven million quid. We could suffer. We could just let everyone come for free. If you've got a ticket this year, come for free next year. It costs. Yep. Us would even cost us half a game. It makes me yep. sick. It absolutely makes me sick about putting it up. I understand the corporate thing about it, but listen, we're just a shit club in South London. No, uh, Man City don't want to bring all their shakes and that down here. What yeah. are they going to do? Sit in our stand, sit in a building site for the next three years. The problem is, Joe, people will always pay. People will always pay. But I think, and 
that the wheels are going to come off soon because you've you've got all these people now. Sky, they're going to start losing revenue soon because lots and lots of people aren't actually using Sky anymore. They're using they're using other other sources to watch their games, and I think that's that that's going to be the undoing of them. Um, it, it'd be interesting to hear what you um, podcast listeners um, think. You can get in touch with us. Uh, contact uh, our email is contact at wholeradio.net. Um, have you stopped going simply because it's unaffordable? It'll be interesting to hear from you, and um, I'll try and get Chris to mention it uh, on next week's pod. Anyway, we've rattled on enough. It's enough extra content at the beginning. Um, enjoy the podcast this week. It was very entertaining. Uh, it was a lot better without Chris Hambling there. He didn't get angry. In fact, we've all been very, very happy Easy. this week. Easy. With Easy. That. Easy. Um, uh, we'll see you after the show. Homesdale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. www.holradio.net It might be slightly uh, tense tonight, simply because um, Mikey, our producer, um, isn't producing, and Chris, our presenter, isn't presenting. Um, so it's it's kind of the amateurs, amateur hour tonight. If you want to get in touch with us, you can get us on our Twitter. That's at Hole Radio. Uh, via our Facebook page, which is Whole Radio, Joe uh, will be in the chat room, uh, which is www.wholeradio.net forward slash chat. I will be in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we? Um, are we not risking any calls tonight? No. <laughs> no. I don't think we should. If we hammered that, has anyone hammered that number that phoned up? Because obviously, you know, when people ring us up, they don't realise that their numbers on show. Um, have, we, have we not sent moody calls to, or sent the boys round to these people or not? No, I, I, I think we're more grown up than that, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> the um, the reverse. Give charge... me the number. I'll send my phone. The the reverse charge call to the Australian speaking clock. I think would have done it. Anyway, <laughs> Nick, what uh, an idea! Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. It wasn't that an only fools and the horses idea, Gel. You've you've not had a good week, you said pre-show. Well, tell tell us your woes, mate. No, I, I I bought myself a watch for my 40th birthday, which is sort of about nine months away from from my 50th birthday, and uh, <laughs> and, I, and I've, I've lost it. So if anybody finds a a um, a blue-faced uh, tagger professional, um, it's mine. <laughs> just, right. just, just so people know it's yours. What time was on it when you lost it? <laughs> I am um, honestly, I've lost a mate. I'm not joking. I am absolutely devastated. I am. Um, oh, I, 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 I don't know what to say. I'm just, I'm gutted. I'm really you, gutted. You didn't, um, you didn't keep it up your bum like the bloke in Pulp Fiction did. You and forget about it when you took a number two. Is that how you lost it? You didn't flush it away. No. No. <laughs> and I'm not going to ask the obvious question where did you lose it so um, Terence you were in Wales yesterday how was it well I didn't lose my watch my, my Casio F91W water resistant watch it cost me £1 in a charity shop and it's got a light and everything <laughs> <laughs> but um, no um, I managed to despite it oh I was going to swear there despite it raining for the entire day, I managed to somehow get through the whole visit to Wales without getting wet once. The bar was right out. The bar was right outside the station. Taxi from the station to the ground, bus from the ground to the station, sorted. 
Oh. Not like the old days when they used to drop us off at a, st- at a station for a special, mate, and you've got the old Bill taking you the long way round. Oh, yeah. I on the on the way back as well, um, we played the Palace Monopoly. <laughs> that was um, rubbish and <laughs> completely pointless. <laughs> Ex- explain, Sil. Palace Monopoly. Well, yeah, it's on sale in a club shop, mate. I think it's 40 points if you buy it. I mean, 40 quid. And you get 40 points. 40 <laughs> quid? It's something, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm over-exaggerating. I don't know, so, but... So the it, old it, Kent Road, the old Kent Road is like the poorest place on, on the Monopoly board. Yeah, what's, so the what, poorest, what's the poorest place on the Monopoly board? Is it Addington? Something like that? No, 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 no. It's Crystal Palace players, mate. <laughs> oh. so, so, so old Kent Road and Whitechapel are Johnny Byrne and Peter Simpson because it's done chronologically. So as oh. you go around the board and then Park Lane and Mayfair, uh, Julian Speroni and Mila Jednak. Oh, so, uh, so it's not any value. Captain yeah, I was going to say, Claude Captain Davis would be old Kent Road, wouldn't he? <laughs> Craig Harrison. Yeah. I'll go to jail, Claude Davis' his face. <laughs> For that tackle. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Claude Davis this week. Patrick, yes. um, the ex-Pat Pat, um, what, what happened with this crane in New York? I mean, you're, you're over that way. Was there, was there much coverage on the news of it? It's... Yeah, there's a lot of coverage. Um... It was actually pretty bad. But they have a new. They've got new laws over here regarding crane operations, so that really shouldn't have happened. But it's been. It snowed uh, the night before, so I guess they were trying to lower the crane, and it it crashed, and it unfortunately killed at least one person. So it was, it was pretty pretty bad. That's terrible. That's yeah, terrible. Well, any, any other stateside news? Um, elections coming up soon. Got a new president. That should be interesting. Should be very, very interesting. Um, go, go uh, back. H- hang on, wait. It's Super Bowl. What are you talking about the president <laughs> exactly. for? Oh, no, this is a podcast about sports. I wanted to bring it up, but I know Nick hates American football. But yes, today. So who's going to win the Super Bowl today? The Panthers or the Broncos? Who are you picking? Um, I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. Cause there's a- <laughs> about that. But they're not playing today. All oh, right, okay. Um... Didn't that Homer what? Simpson get get uh, bought the Denver Broncos by Hank Azaria as a mm-hmm. as a thank you? Very good. You're right. He did. There you that's go. A, that's a good one, Joe. I like that. See, Joe pays attention, Nick. Unlike you. Uh, anyway, how are the Patriots doing this year, Patrick? I, I hate you. them. <laughs> <laughs> I hate everything. Everything New England related. I hate, and I especially hate the New England Patriots because they cheat. That's why I hate them. They cheat. Is and that, they cheat is, and they is win. That... And they, Okay, now that is, little button, all you got to do to Patrick is just say Patriots. Oh, you really do that. You really, you're very good, Joe. You're right. I absolutely hate that team. I hate the owner. I hate the quarterback. I hate everything about that team. And you know, anyway, the... back to Crystal Palace. Um, on the Monopoly board, is Aki uh, is um, Aki Rialotti on that? Uh, Aki Rialotti is not on there. Oh, that's a shame because that was going to segue nicely into our 25 man in or bin squad because the subject tonight is Aki. Finish legend real arty. Um, you can actually vote whether we are going to in or bin Aki real arty by going to www.wholeradio.net forward slash vote. Wholeradio.net forward slash vote. Um, busy in the chat room, Joe, yet? Uh, well, Lions, funny enough, has just uh, just put up, he said, um, are we going to talk about much and how underrated he is by a lot of our fans? We are... <laughs> We are going to get very, very soon. Now, the game in a wet, windy Wales. Um, I was trepidatious about the game before the start. 
because um, seemingly we haven't been getting the rub of the green of late. Um, Terence, what are your thoughts going into the game, other than I haven't got wet yet? <laughs> um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it, it felt like another one which was bad timing for us. Um, I think like a lot of our games recently, we've caught teams in form, and Swansea were in form again. Um, Sigurdsson had just started finding goals again, and as he as he did in this one, and I was a little bit worried that the run was going to go on, and as we're going to talk about, especially after the first half performance. But um, mm. I was going into it definitely and any sort of point would have been good. So very happy. Joe, you wouldn't know when the game was going to start, would you, without a watch? But um, were you worried about the fixture? Uh, well, yeah. I mean, it's just like, 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 uh, like it's just been said, I just forgot Tell's name then. Um, like Tell's <laughs> just said, you know, it's, we we're on a bit we've had a bit of a hiding lately um uh, i always knew sigerson was going to come good against us the two players i thought that terrorized us yesterday was sigerson and, and williams and two players that we were you know we we have been and and still are linked with um as in as in williams um but yeah no I, Every game's a hard game. Every game's a cup final from now on. You know, teams that are struggling. I mean, they're, they're doing all right at the moment, Swansea. But you know, they they, they were having a bit of a struggle. Um, much, you know, well, not as bad as us. But you know, we just we just needed to get that point. That point is massive. Um, and but there were there was there were a lot of pros yesterday. You know, with with their massive injury list and and and, and team changes. Um, yeah. It, I, I, I know we're going to talk about it, you know, later on, but I'm, I, I can't tell you how pleased I am to see to see boating on the pitch, and and, yeah. and and being given a prominent, you know, not thirty seconds at the end, you go on and go, oh yeah, it was great. You went down on a coach of the players, blah, blah, you know, and had a good time. It's, um, you know, he, he, he played a significant part, and I was really, pl- really pleased. It was a lot of positives. The positive, main positive, was the point. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm 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 happy. I would have took a point at the start. So, okay, a, a question for Mr. O'Connor. Um, earlier on in the season, we were doing remarkably well. In fact, you know when when we got when we got our last point against Swansea back in December, we were somewhere like fourth, weren't we? Do you think our expectations were too high, Patrick, and that and that's why we viewed the slump as being a bad thing when actually it was just things evening themselves out with the squad we've got. And you know, what do you think? I, I think you make a good point about expectations being high. I think they were raised in part due to comments made by both Mr. Parrish and Mr. Pardew. When we were arriving fourth and fifth, they both made the comment about Europe and how, you know, changing the mindset, et cetera. So I think that that was part of it. But I really think we got derailed by the injuries. I think the injuries have played a big part in how far we have fallen. I mean, not having a recognized striker for a significant amount of time, having to switch off from from. Murray to Gale to Campbell to yeah oh, got to added by your it's been difficult and then obviously the central midfield's been been pulled apart with Kabai being out a little bit and then MacArthur now on punching etc and Ledley has been out and Jedi was out and now outside midfields have been changed chopped and chained with Zaha and Balassi and Punch and now we've got much out wide and Chung Young Lee so I think that's being a bit a bigger part of it but I understand how people would have made expectations because again we've gone from I guess 11th to 10th and everybody saw us at fourth or fifth saying you know what. Let's push on this year. So I think that expectations were kind of high, but I'm a little disappointed in people just going back to this, you know, this thought now that you know we're going to be struggling the rest of the season. I think that 
as Terence and Joel said, that was a very important point yesterday, and I'm glad we, we got it, and I hope we can kind of push on from here. Uh, and I just hope people don't get too down on the fact that we are, you know, dropping in the table. I guess we're 12th today, but we, you know, being 12th, we're nine points off fifth and nine points off 18th. So we're kind of, we're kind of, we are kind of in, in the middle of stuff right now. We could, you know, either plummet some more or go up, and I'm really hoping we look up, look up the table. Yeah, it's, it's a bit 50-50 looking up and down. I didn't realise it was nine points each way. Um, Gail travelled with the squad but didn't feature. Um, do you think he'll be back next week? Do we have any news on Gail? I haven't heard anything. I believe that he he passed the fitness test, but I think he's still coming off that. In- I think it was a, is it a hamstring turn I think he has. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, think he, I, think, I think it was kind of smart of uh, Padu not to use him yesterday because we didn't really need him. From the standpoint, we had Adeboyo kind of giving him some minutes, and we had, obviously, Campbell. People are not a big fan of him, but we had him kind of healthy. So I think next week's game, the Watford game, will be a game where I think we're bound to see Gale on the bench, hopefully come off the bench next week. I'm, I'm hoping that too. And, and obviously, the, the, false, the false change was um, having Punction out after having been uh, pulling a hamstring two minutes after he should have been taken off anyway last week. Um, it meant that we, we did have much... And we did have Jedi back in midfield. Did, did you hold out much hope for them, Terence, at the start? Did you think, oh my God, here we go? Or were you looking forward to them proving their point to to get their place? Well, I never I never really mind Mile Jednak playing away from home um, in the role that he employs. Obviously, he frustrates a lot of people now because when he gives the ball away in this team, it's a lot more prominent when he did it previously um, yeah. because we're so much more used to keeping the ball now. But he did his thing running around and um, breaking up play. His passing was appalling all game long, though. And I never really hold out um, much for Jordan much. So um, I'm, I'm never happy to see his name on, this, on the sheet. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to talk about Jordan much a bit later on in the show because I, I think the, the jury's out there. And um, there's, there's been a fair amount of uh, scapegoating um, with certain players. Um Talk about scapegoating, Patrick. Guess whose name I'm going to mention in the lineup now? Do you think the goalkeeper? Yes. <laughs> what, what were your What were your thoughts about Mr. Hennessy you, before the show? You were, you were saying that you know pe- people have got you all wrong about your thoughts about him. You you don't hate him. You're just what I, he doesn't fit with confidence. I don't know how else to say it. I mean, when, when I have a goalkeeper. When I we when I we have a goalkeeper, I kind of like to be confident in that he'll make you know saves and he'll con- control the box and stuff like that. And I'll be honest with you, just so, it wasn't just lately, but whenever he's in the net, I just I just don't have confidence in him. I, it, he makes some spectacular saves, I understand that, but for me, a player of that size uh, and that stature, he should command the box more and make certain saves. Like you know, for instance, on 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 the on the free kick, which we'll get to later on. I just thought that he made you know he makes a step to the, to the other side, and it's, it's a great free kick. Listen. Joe said it. Sigerson's a really good player. I've, I saw some videos today of the free kicks he takes. He's a very, very good free kick taker. He could have probably had two or three goals yesterday. And later on in the match, Hennessy makes a great save. But my only issue is that he doesn't feel with confidence. I, I've, I'm a big Sproni fan. And I know people say, oh, Sproni's made this, that mistake. But I'm thinking back to last year and the year before. I don't remember seeing... I don't... I mean... Correct me if I'm wrong, and you guys probably have better memories than I do. I don't remember him making certain types of mistakes. I know the big issue with Julian is that he doesn't command the box on crosses. But it's really because of his height, not because of how he is as a person. 
or as a goalkeeper. And I just like to see a keeper who, who I have more confidence in. I'm really nervous every time a ball comes into my box. I don't know how you guys feel about it. And, and to me, that's kind of difficult to have a goalie that you don't feel confident in. I, I know he'll make a spectacular save. He's done it. He did it against Chelsea, against Watford, you know, early in the season. But just of late, he just doesn't feel me with confidence. And the funny thing is, this uh, NBC documentary of what we've been showing over here, the uh, you guys can probably see it tomorrow, is that um, they actually are focusing on the goalkeeper. And I think that's a big thing with us right now. I think that even, you know, uh, our goalkeeper coach sees that he's lacking in confidence. And I think that that's showing in the way that we're playing. I think with the goal, if we fall a goal behind, it just really showed the defense kind of doesn't really have a lot of confidence in him. That's what I see anyway. Yeah, exactly right. What are your thoughts on Hennessy, Joe? Um, I'm quite the opposite um, to, to Patrick, really. I, you know, there's pros and cons for every goalkeeper in there. I mean, like you say, we've, we've, you can say the same about Jedinak. You know, you know he's going to smash their midfielders up, but you know, you know that all they got to do is, is pass it around him, and he's pretty much useless. I um. I like him. He's a good shot stopper, and he plays. You know, he plays for two teams. One of them's the ninth best in the world. So, at the moment, I think he's the best that we've got. And like I said last week, you know, having talked to a to a goalkeeper within the club, who turned around and said he thought Alex McCarthy was the best goalkeeper that he'd that he'd seen at the club. You know, he's a goalkeeper himself, and there's there's two or three others first team you know all first team goalkeepers and he said that he thought Alex McCarthy was a bit and it was nice to see I think it was McCarthy was on the bench yesterday wasn't he Jules wasn't Jules yeah, was he was. on the bench yeah, yeah so so it's nice to see that um, sorry my cat decides to walk across my laptop um, <laughs> it's nice to see uh, um, you know Pardew showing a bit of faith in him because you know had anything happened and the way our luck's game of injuries we can you never can tell these days um you know, McCarthy would have been back in. So, yeah, it's, it's a it's a difficult one. I mean, look, we need to take the positives out of this. You know, um, and 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 he conceded one goal, pulled off a decent save from a free kick. You know, in the second half. So, um, we've, yeah, we've all got mixed views. My my biggest um, problem with the starting lineup uh, was Suarez starting. I think he's uh, not been very good of late. And in the first first few minutes of the game, both left backs were having a lot of trouble. Um, I can't remember who the um, who the left back for um, Swansea is, but but Wilf was beginning to tear him one, uh, tell him what, uh, tear tear him a new one, as it were. But Rangel really had the measure of Suarez. And Suarez just he's he's bombing forward, but not getting back. Players are coming forward at him, and he's he's just running back off of them. And, and four or five times during yesterday's game, we let. Swansea players carry the ball way into our half down that right-hand side. Did you notice that, Terence? Um, yes. I, I don't think Soiree is much better than average um, in most weeks, but I don't think he could, you can hold him really responsible yesterday. I thought he did decent in the first half considering the abandonment of Lee Chung-Yung's defending ahead of him. Lee Chung Young yes. did. Lee Chung Young did absolutely nothing and just left him exposed. So often it was Suarez against two down that flank, and like I say, I think he's average at the best of the time. So for him to cope with two players when his positional play isn't ideal, is he was always going to struggle. And I think that was a big reason why Chung Young Lee was taken off at half time because he was just literally giving nothing in a game where, you know, against Bournemouth in midweek when we were spent most of the time on the front foot, Lee Chung-Yong looked great. But in a game where we were penned back a bit because Swansea did have a lot of possession, he really, really struggled defensively and that was not what we needed. 
So and, I think I think it's a bit harsh on Suarez. I thought I thought <laughs> of all of his, I thought he actually did well yesterday, considering what had happened and. Like all of the, all of these stats throughout the game showed that he had a really good game in terms of being up there. I think tackles, interceptions, all of that sort of stuff throughout the game. He was actually leading leading the way. So um, I thought he did all right yesterday. It's a great Patrick. point, Terence. And I think the thing is, is that um, people don't understand how important it is to have Zaha and Balassa on the field at the same time, and how much better they are defensively. Mm-hmm. And when they're better defensively, you see how much better Ward and Suarez are. I think Ward and Suarez have, have really struggled because. They haven't had those two in front of them for the, you know, for most of the season. And Chung Lee, to me, he's a. I like the way he plays, but he's very soft defensively. I mean, yesterday was a great example. Terence is right. He does not. He does not track back. He does not tackle. He's lightweight. He's great in the middle of the field. And, and like Terence said, when you play in a team like Bournemouth, you get you can get the ball and you can knock it around. We're on the front foot. He's great, but defensively, he's really poor. And uh, it showed yesterday. And what's Suarez trying to do? Try trying to get forward more. To, you know, we don't have the width without without you know Balassi on that side. He trying to get more crosses in, and that exposes us, you know, defensively. So I think that when we get Balassi back, hopefully next couple of weeks, you'll see how much better both fullbacks are when you, you'll have Zaha and Balassi protecting them. Yeah, I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. My my problem with him was several times he tried to play the ball out and beat players right by the corner flag rather than just getting rid of the bloody thing. It's what he, he does. I understand that. And uh, he's he's trying to be too too much trickery for that. Um, yeah, sorry, can I I just expand on, on that though? I, I think a that's direction from the bench. It, it was infuriating yesterday with, um, it, and it's been a, a theme in recent weeks. Is every time we have a goal kick, you see Dan and Delaney peel off to either side of the penalty area. In the last six or seven weeks, when teams have clocked onto that and stopped us from playing out the back, they just put two people on them. So it's kind of a pointless exercise that Dan and Delaney are coming out. So there's still this like culture that Pardew's trying to instill that we're a team that play out from the back. So it doesn't surprise me that Pardew, um, that Suarez in the corner trying to play his way out of trouble instead of just doing the old-fashioned Clint Clint Hill-style hump it down the field. And it was infuriating to watch yesterday that Dan and Delaney are just wasting energy by just constantly like hanging back and then having to sprint to the halfway line when the goalkeeper decides, actually, I'm going to have to punt it up there. And it was every single time. And it wasn't until about 15 minutes in the second half where we actually decided, OK, let's just hump it up the field first time. And hey, presto, Marouin Shamak won the header, got a flick on, and we was in a dangerous situation as opposed to let's pass it to Delaney and then see if the guy actually blocks his clearance or tackles him and sets up a chance for them. Didn't, yeah. didn't the formation change, though, to four four two to allow that to happen, though? Um, not... It, uh, in the first half, they were switching... <laughs> it was quite fun. They, they switched it to four four two in the first half as well. They put Zaha up along Adibai, alongside Adibayor right, for Adibai, a bit. Right. Um, we were getting completely overrun in midfield and we decided to take a man out of midfield. I thought that was um, <laughs> brilliant. That's been the story this season, getting overrun in the midfield. Through, right, mm. Just right the way through the centre. Yeah. Teams seem to, seem to just play one touch round us. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd, um, so no, I don't think it was a 4 for 2. I just think it was a case of if you've got the people with the height of Adibay or and um, Marwan Shamak and Jordan Much is, not, is quite tall in himself, got those sort of people to aim at, aim at them. Yeah. Where, you know, when in recent weeks where it's been more Fraser Campbell, actually can get up for, he's not like the, he's not very tall, but he can jump. But if you've actually got three targets to aim at, there's nothing wrong with. You know, putting a percentage ball up to them because a lot of the time they're going to win the header as probably as many times as they're going to lose it. I understand if it's Campbell, he's probably going to lose it more times than he wins it. But 
you know, it's given us a chance, especially if it's a case of they're pressing us high up the field and I don't want the ball given to Delaney on the edge of our penalty area because I don't know what he's going to do with it. Mm. <laughs> Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. Right, we've had a we've had a tweet in already from um, Martin Benson at HD Eagle 08. Um, he says Palace have been treading water whilst playing some form teams, but normal service will resume once the injured players are back. Do you agree with that, Joe? Uh, well, it surprised me to see him because I was, you know, part you actually see. He's, he's been saying a lot of things. I just think he's, it's a little bit of kidology. A lot of it is kidology with him. He says something and then does something else and, you know, um, said we was going to buy a forward. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Kieran, at Nash Twitter, uh, from Basingstoke, um, says we've got too much average, not enough quality. All the players in the squad are around the same abilities. It's good if one is injured, but no one stands out too much. Joe, you got some stuff in the chat room? I have. Uh, Amstel.net forward slash chat. Call uh, Eagle said uh, NSC was two thirds of the way to the side of the goal when it went in. Wrong footed himself, and I think 100% he should have saved that. I think that's a little bit harsh. But um, And Booted Eagle said he was surprised Eddie Boyar started on the basis uh, based on Pard's pre match comments. Good to see him getting that much game time. Um, and he said it was meant to be a cameo appearance because that's exactly what uh, I think he, he, he called it. Apologies, said he was going to just be a cameo appearance. But yeah, um, let's let's talk about the lead up to the goal. Um, the ball came in. Adebayo was in there, wasn't he? And and, and it's come out. And I, I don't know. He's gone for the ball. He seemed to have got the ball. And Mike Dean, who was standing right next to it, has given the free kick. Was it a soft free kick? Should it have been a free kick, Patrick? I thought it was very soft. I mean, um, we all know, I mean, if you know Adebayo, he's not a good defender. We, he's a forward, obviously, so he doesn't defend that well. But I thought it was a very, very soft free kick to give them that close. Because I actually thought earlier in that phase, I thought Suari might have got knocked down in the penalty box um, earlier, and he didn't call that. So I thought that was a very weak uh, free kick to give up, especially that dangerous of an area. But, I mean, that's how Mike Dean is. Sorry. Yeah, Terence, you were standing behind the goal, yeah? Is that right? Yes. Where you were? Um, how did the free kick look? Or how did Hennessy look on the free kick from, from where you were standing? Um, I thought that... it. I, I don't think it was a free kick. I thought it was um, extremely soft. Uh, the player kept his feet. Swansea still had possession of the ball as well. Um, and Sigurdsson, when he's on form, which he has found in recent weeks... That can be like a penalty kick for him sometimes yeah. in that sort of range. Five uh, and six, isn't it, for him or something? Yeah, exactly. So, um, in terms of Hennessy, how critical do I want to be? That's, that step over was a bit annoying t- towards the other side. And I'll tell you why it was annoying. Because if you watch back on the replays, you'll see whenever Sigurdsson's got a free kick, a Swansea player or two, will go and affect one side of the wall. So they try and push it. Um, There's clear views of it's happening in the second half. And it's a clue to which side he's going to shoot because the players go to that side and they try and create a hole for him to shoot through. And there were two Swansea players on that side of the wall trying to create that gap. So for me, 
I would have stayed on that side of the goal if I was Hennessy thinking, you know, that's he's creating a gap there. And then if he goes over the wall, then I've still got a chance of getting over there initially. But if I take that one step that way, I've got no chance of getting across to the one that's on my side. Um, yeah. Sigerson's caught it perfectly. It's caught it perfectly. Come on, the bottom corner. We can hear you, Joe. Oh, sorry. <laughs> stop, stop, stop talking to your pussy. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to talk about Hennessy here. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, Sigerson's caught it beautifully and found the bottom corner. But, you know, if, if Hennessy's there, um, if he doesn't take that step over, he probably saves it. And... I don't know. I've I haven't done the research properly yet, but I think for me, it always seems when he's diving to his left is the problem. But hey. yeah, Patrick, Terence, I have a question because you you know you're a goalkeeper. <coughs> the way the wall set up that way, the wall set up to protect the left side of our goal. So as a goalkeeper, don't you kind of rely on the on the on the wall to do their job? Obviously, if he goes over, it's gonna you know it's gonna it's a great free kick. Shouldn't you really never take that step to your right if you're protected? If you're going, you know what I mean? I, I thought it was kind of weird he would make that step over because, like I said, for me, yeah. you, you, the, you, the wall's got to do its job. So why I understand Seekers can go over the wall, but if he gets over the wall, you, you can't you can't criticize the goalkeeper. That's a great free kick. So why wouldn't he just think, okay, if he can go that side, I'll protect that side that I'm, that's not protected? Just, I'm just yeah. asking a question. No, no, I to- I totally agree. Um, I th- I think you've. As soon as you take that step to your right, right, you've taken away your ability to save the one on your side. Exactly. And that was, that's my question about it too. Yeah. So I, I think it was, I think it was a bad decision to take that step. Um, but because a, 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 a great example is the free kick in the second half that he did yes. save. Exactly. He didn't. He, did, he, he, he did didn't it, take the step, but exactly. he got across. I made a brilliant save. Yeah. So. <laughs> okay fraction of a second that it, that it delays him doesn't it in, in his yeah. diving so that, that makes yeah. all the difference yeah. every goalkeeper does it though yeah we can, we can, we can be high we can be uh, no, I've, yeah, this, I know exactly what you're going to say you're exactly right this is being hypercritical I, I'm, I, I don't want to say because it's, it's a great free kick and with you know in recent weeks he's made errors that is making us look at him a little bit more so right. it is a slight error it's nowhere near on the error on the level of the errors against Villa and City because you do see goalkeepers do it all the time and more often than not the players going over the wall but like I say, I think he telegraphed where he was going with the players the Swansea players trying to push and make the hole in the end of the wall which they found basically yeah but if you if you've sussed it then other teams are sussed it, it could just be a double bluff couldn't it I mean he t- didn't he take it over the top of Ali Bayor as well no, it went. Sure. It, it, no, it, it was it. No, it went, I don't it think it was. It wasn't it no, walled it, on the end or something. Yeah, it went. It went through the side of a, of a Swansea player and a Palace player. It was low. It wasn't over anybody. It was low, lowish. You know, like mid, mid. I was saying waist high, and then it dipped to the corner. On the uh, on the subject of goalkeepers, uh, Daryl Jupp at Jupopovic uh, yep. has been in touch on Twitter. That's at Hull Radio. Um, he said that none of our keepers are good at good enough. We established yeah. this a while back. And um, Will Hamilton at underscore SW underscore E underscore. He said anyone but Hennessy. Uh, Danny Miller, uh, Matty Miller. Um, he, sorry, Daniel at Red and Blue 08. It says his heart says Spironi. Head says we need to replace him. Um, can, can I, can and, I just uh, Sorry, sorry. Let me just finish. Brent Morgan 6 said uh, Mike Dean only gave that foul because GS was screaming at him. It was never a foul. And to give it in such a dangerous place is an effing liberty in the Liberty Stadium. Take the taking Liberty Stadium. Gel. 
We we seem to have had um, a, not a goalkeeping problem, but we, we we've invested in a few goalkeepers. We had the keeper from Rangers. We had Price. You know, we, we we've had a fair few goalkeepers in the last three to four year, five years. Um, do, do we are we are we being? I mean, it's obviously now that Jules isn't going to get. You know, he might get the odd, and it will be a cameo for him. I think. Um, have we got a problem with goalkeepers with our with our scouting, or is it just that they're the best? I mean, I, you know, I, I think I think what we've got is all right. I just think they need experience, um, and the only way of getting experience is by playing because you can't you can't get it any other way. Speroni's going to make a cameo appearance. Is that the word up on the street, Joe? Oh, Sorry. that's yeah. poor. That's very poor. Yeah. Um, According to Daryl Jupp again on Twitter, Spironi was worse last season than Hennessy is this. McCarthy's our best bet, but he knows they com- there's complications. I don't really know about them, but without being liable, um, can you explain? Can anybody explain what the complications are with McCarthy without us getting into trouble? No, he just had um, a family bereavement, I believe, or, or something like that. Um, it was something family oriented, so that's why he came out of the team to be given some time. Um, it seems strange that he was on the bench in this one as well because, you know, he looked like he was getting shopped out to Fulham on loan on deadline day and that we were getting Rob Green in. So, I don't, yeah. who knows? Who knows? What, what, was the, what was the film? Was it, um, it was in uh, The Man With Two Brains. There was that every, every time Steve, uh, Steve Martin was doing an operation, he'd shout out, get that cat out of here because Joe's got a cat in his kitchen with him and we've just had the message slash 888 and then about 69 zeros, and his cat's making more sense, actually, than you, Gel. so I think we might have to replace you. And then and then he's putting our little chat thing here, my cat typed that, no, Gel. really? <laughs> we thought it was you. Well, the rest of that first half, I thought, that first half yesterday, I thought we were bloody atrocious, and I almost turned off, and it was only when I remembered that I was presenting the show today that I thought I better watch the rest of it. Um, Chris uh, Hambling, he was too ill to go to the match um, was actually so angry on our little um, Facebook messaging thing was get, it get well Chris by the way your yeah. health problems okay. yeah feel better Chris yeah Terence was that one of the worst first half performances you've seen <laughs> that I've seen whatever yeah. not ever <laughs> this season for sure um, God, ever I remember losing 3-0 at Preston and not even having a shot off target let alone on target um, what's What's the reason for it? Is it just lack of confidence that we've gone so many games? Um, yeah, I think I think there's an element of that. Um, Swansea are a difficult team to play against. Um, yeah. I'm not, you know, they've had a really sort of rocky start, but they're back in form again. And when they're on their form, Swansea, they pass the ball about. They keep the ball really, really well. Um, you've taken MacArthur out of our midfield, which. Um, it's causing problems. We've got with no Balassi and having to play sort of much and Chung and Lee and so on. You, you're creating. There's a lot of um, square pegs in round holes there. So the cohesion between the midfield that we experienced early on in the season isn't quite there. So Swansea can quite easily pull people apart. Much has no discipline defensively. I don't think Chung Young Lee has any discipline defensively either. Um, Kabai, when he's not just playing in his deep holding role has a tendency to wander a bit as well so it was there was a lot going on in the middle of the park that was leading to our downfall and um it definitely needs to be addressed at half time because a lot of the conversations at half time were 
getting towards, oh, Pardew doesn't have a plan B. Like, all it does involve is switching the wingers on a wing. And uh, a lot of people were um, seeing that we were just going to get run over 3-0 because we didn't think that Pardew would be able to do anything in the changing room with the substitutions he had. But hey, presto, out of nowhere, he proved us wrong. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll come on to the second half in a minute. The, the brightest spot for me in, in a dour first half for us was actually Ad, uh, Adebayor. I thought he had some excellent, excellent touches of the ball, little flick-ons. And he, he, you could see that the bloke has got a lot of skill. And I think, uh, actually, Dave said he was just a bit rusty and it won't be long before, um, Ian Wright said it won't be long before... Um, before he actually finds his scoring boots, because is it four he needs to equal the uh, African goal scoring record in the Premier League? Who knows? Eight. Anyway, eight, 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 eight yeah. more. Yeah, and um, we're going to have another jingle, and then uh, after that, we will come back and talk about the second half. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Apple iOS app. Download at holradio.net forward slash iOS. Excellent. Um, don't forget, um, we are discussing Aki Rialati later on in the show, whether he should be in or bin. You can go to holradio.net forward slash vote. Um, and there you can say whether he should be included in our 25-man squad. I'm going to go through the players that were already in there a bit later on. Uh, you can also leave a little bit of a comment in there um, as to why you've made the decision you have. Uh, Patrick, we were like a different team when we came out for the second half. One touch passing, much moved from the middle, from the middle um, to the wing because Lee had come off and um, Shamak was on. Um, do you, how much of a rocket do you think Pardew gave him at half time? Based on I watched a couple of the post match uh, um, things done by Pardew, I think he gave him pretty pretty much a, a huge one because you can kind of tell that something was said in a locker room. But I also think that the the change of much out wide was a big 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 difference uh he had that great run early in, in the half well actually he set up the goal because um he's the one that had the header on the great cross by Suarez that went for the corner that we that we equalized on and I just think moving much out wide was a was a was a big change for us because it kind of gave him a little bit more space to take on a player one-on-one and do what he does best which is for me kind of he's much better when he has a little bit more space in the middle of the field he's a little bit laborious for lack of a better term so I think that and having Shamak um on made a big difference for us uh so i think those are the things that would kind of change the second half for us yeah joe you got some stuff in the chat room yeah i need to go backwards just a little bit into uh to what we were just talking about some um uh, lions and cool league or um basically saying that jedi seems to be struggling um i know, I know from the, the bits and pieces that i watched that he he lost his markers you know lost the players that he was supposed to be marking um a, a, a few times um, but yeah, and, and then Lyon says uh, it, it makes me laugh about people and pards. He said he's made some fantastic changes earlier on in the season at Wallace games. How quickly they forget. Um, and then some old pensioners just turned up in the uh, in the chat. Quick game too. I so knew it was going to be it. <laughs> I, I, I imagine, yeah, I imagine there'll be some rubbish spoken. So come back to me um, as and when. Yeah. So. <laughs> Um, I, I, I just slated Suarez earlier on in the programme, um, but that was a wicked cross that he put in for much to head just over. And um, Kabai put a decent corner in that um, Delaney flicked on. It was it was very reminiscent of one of the goals in the um, FA Cup semi-final against Liverpool, wasn't it, Joe? That the old school flick on at the front post corner. It's the Pardue goal. Andy Thorne flicks it on. And yeah, Pardew that was it. There, there, there it is. I'll, t- I'll tell you what, though. What I was really, really pleased about was, was the fact that that the Suarez got forward to swing in that cross because you know he he really did 
He really does. He does. He's, he's probably the best crosser of the ball, I think, in our team. <laughs> On his day. Yeah, he hasn't shown it. You're right. He hasn't shown it enough. I mean, I think he can do it. And yesterday, that cross in particular was very good. But he really disappointed me, honestly. I thought it was a lot. He's just very inconsistent. And we need him to put in better balls, because especially with Adebayo on his side now. And again, like uh, Terence was saying, we've got some big players up front. We've got, if you've got Shamak and Adebayo in the box, you've got to put real good balls in. So I think it's why gets more consistent. But I'll be honest with you, he really has been a little bit disappointed to me as far as putting decent crosses in. Some have been pretty bad, actually. What's, um, what's really annoying is I, is I took loads of notes down and then they copied them all on Match of the Day. So I'm not copying Match of the Day, honest. I genuinely wrote this during the game. Um, and um, Dan's goal was our eighth by a Crystal Palace defender in the mm-hmm. league this season. We've, we've got a team where defenders are scoring more than attackers, so perhaps it's, it's best that we go forward. Um, and we used to leave a lot of players back. So if Dan and Delaney are up there for the corners, it does leave a bit of a risk if the team are going to break, especially if we're playing a team like Leicester, who are well known for getting forward quickly. Do you think we're taking a big risk there, Terence, or not? Well, it's our only source of goals at the moment, so uh, what else? What other choice do we have? With added by your Shamak, Dan, and Delaney in there, you should be causing any team's problem problems from yep. set pieces, really. Um, and uh, I think it was what was extra ironic about the goal being from a defender is that it's assisted by a defender as well. So yeah. your, two, your two centre-backs are <laughs> setting up the goal and scoring <laughs> the goal. Um, do, do you know, um, I want, uh, Shamak and Adebayor and Zaha as well, the way them three linked up in the first 15 minutes of that second half, was I kind of jokingly tweeted that I think we've substituted our team for Barcelona at half time <laughs> because some of the football we were yeah. playing was just incredible. Yeah. And that's what you get when with three players who undoubtedly on the pitch of everyone on the pitch, those are our three best players. Um, obviously, Adebayor's a bit rusty. shamak has been injured and not really been fit, but we know that he's very, very technically gifted. And um, between the three of them, the one touch football they were producing was causing the was causing Swansea all sorts of problems, and I think we were really unlucky not to get a second in that first fifteen minutes of the second half. Yeah, should we should we talk about much? Um, because he he was the source of of many of our chances. Um, question, Patrick. Have the escape goaters, that's your phrase, the escape goaters been wrong to pick on him? After all, these are the same people that have, have defended other players saying, yeah, yeah, they need a bit of time to bed in, they need a bit of time to get used to match time. Much hasn't had much match time. Should I say that when you're drunk? Much hasn't had much match time. Um, do you think he needs that bit of time or, or has he just been played out of position? I think it's a little bit of both. You make a good point on both. I think, one, he hasn't had a run of games at all. If you look at the record, uh, you know, our match, he hasn't played more than two, three matches at all. But when he gets in there, to be fair, he hasn't really done much, not to use support pun, I guess, but <laughs> he hasn't done a lot. So, I mean, I can understand what people get on his case. At least Lee Chong Young has that one moment against Stoke where he can say, you know what, he might have a bad game yesterday, but he had that great game against Stoke. Much hasn't scored for us at all, except I think he scored that game up the preseason game in South Africa. He scored a great goal. But so I can understand people get on his case, but I think yesterday he kind of proved people, people not proved them wrong, he showed what he can do. Which, like I said, he carries the ball well. He's a decent pass to the ball. He can get forward. He heads the ball decently. He's got a good shot. I mean, I remember Terence had said, and he makes a great point. You give him a chance to shoot, you know, he'll, he'll, he, he's got a good shot. He hasn't really, we haven't seen it from him yet. So he needs more time. And the thing is, he's, he'll get it now. I mean, yeah. Lendy's out. 
um, you know, MacArthur's out for the season, Punch is out. He can't complain. We, we can't complain and say, well, much hasn't got, got, hasn't got a chance. He'll get a chance now. His top of two is there, and now he's got to take it. The same thing with um, Joe said about Boateng. Boateng hopefully will get a chance now because the fact that we have so many players out in a very important position with the central midfield, thankfully, Kabai isn't too badly hurt yesterday based on what um, Pardew said after the match. Players like Much, Lee, and Boateng are going to get their chances, so now it's their chance to, you know, to shine, hopefully. Yeah, Joe. Uh, right, loads, loads of stuff in the chat. Uh, quick game two said he got bloody soaked at Swansea yesterday. Uh, <laughs> Lions 550 said Suarez lost his confidence. Missing Yarlo in front of him is actually showing his weaknesses. Um, okay. Call Eagle said he quite rated him in that position at Cardiff. I think they was talking about out wide. I think that's what, what he would have yeah. done out wide. I've, I've seen him play out wide a couple of times. On, and uh, I, I, I thought, you know, he, he is quite quick. He's quite tall. He covers the ground. Um so, yeah, uh, again, a uh, uh, quick game, Sid Pars must have kicked some ass because a different scene came out in the second half. Um, he said, yeah, we came out a minute before Swansea, obviously. Uh, <laughs> Get out but, of there, uh, it's time, yeah. time you want it. Yeah, exactly, right. <laughs> um, he said, the uh, Lions said, the biggest difference, injuries apart, is that we're no longer passing the ball out of defence. We're now simply hoofing it and seeing it come back straight away. Um, and then uh, he also said that Matt shields the ball far better than punching ever could. So, uh, but yeah, um, hate you, uh, again, Paul, quick game two, said, uh, hate you when we play short from the gate, got a goalkeeper, because we bloody lose it every time. He says bloody a lot, doesn't he? He does. So do you, Joe. I know. Um, <laughs> by the way, if anybody's seen Joe's blue tagger watch, um, <laughs> he said four minutes past seven when he lost it. Um, just, just I, I'm, saying, not, I'm not joking. I know it sounds really, uh, uh, it's, uh, I, you know, that was my 40th birthday present, and I'm really... Yeah. I'm gutted. There may got, be a reward. I got a Palace season ticket for my 40th. I don't know whether it was somebody who liked me or hated me. It was my mother that got it. Um, do, you know what, do, know, do you know Go what, on. right? Uh, this is, I think this is the first time in a long time that I've been the youngest person involved with something. Shut up, Tav. I know you're producing, but you don't count. You're not speaking. Everyone's <laughs> older than me. I can't believe it. <laughs> oh, cheers, mate. Appreciate that. <laughs> Talking of which, before we get back do to know, the game. Do you know what I got from my 40th birthday? Nothing, because I haven't yeah, had it yet. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're 12, aren't you? Because <laughs> you're 18. <laughs> I'm, I'm bloody 47 on Friday, if you want to send in stuff. Nice stuff. Um, Wait a minute. Well done, what? When's your birthday? On Friday. February the 12th. Mine's next Monday. Oh, we're the same. Oh, isn't that nice? It is. We're, we're both Aquarians, Aquarians, if you believe that. Yeah, Tosh! That makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, if you believe that nonsense. Um, you can get us on Twitter at Whole Radio. That's H-O-L Radio, um, which is exactly what Upper Homesdale at Upper Tier underscore CPFC has done. He said that was Muchy's career highlight run. Also, am I the only one who isn't filled with confidence when Suarez gets the ball? Well, we've discussed that earlier. And tweeting Nav um, has gone back to the goalkeeper thing and and what i mentioned about much is if it takes place to bed in jules takes three or four games to get going so maybe it's too late in the season to change um and he said currently um our third best is playing is that simple so there Mm. you go so we 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 did look at a lot better um uh, who does seem to be getting better every time. It's taking him a little bit of time to, to bed back in. Is Shamak. What are your feelings on Shamak, Joe? Um, no, finish for me. 
finish. And, and and you know the other thing as well is is that if we if we are prepared now to start bringing in uh, Kai Kai and, and boating, then I think we should be we should we should be looking to um, maybe to bring some you know another another youth team um, another youth team player in or another a younger player for me, someone who's a bit quicker. Um, Which one? We, can't, we, we can't. Well, to be honest with Patrick, I'm going to sound very ignorant now. I, I was last year. I could have told you loads. No, this okay. year, I, I, I really can't. But listen, we've got we've got the players, and the thing is, this is it's, it's only when you're in the mire that you that you need to turn to these players. And I don't think for for the for the, for the amount of minutes that he played, I don't think Boatin let anybody down yesterday. In fact, no, he was great. He, I he thought he done fantastic. Yesterday. And you know what I thought was good. Is that he got thirty yards out? He pushed the ball, got it on his left foot, and smacked it, and that was <laughs> that was inches wide. Yeah. Absolutely, you know. I mean, if that had gone in, that just would have, you know, would have been it would have been madness. But you know, I listen. These these kids, they're not. We we need to get get over the fear factor. You know, you've you've got a fellow that's tearing up the Premier League, and I, and I don't really like him. But that Delhi Ali, he's nineteen. He is 19 and was playing Division One football, you know, a, a yep. little while back. And he is now, you know, I mean, they're saying, and he does look the part, you know, they're saying he is, he definitely going to the Euros, a fella, without a doubt. He, he needs to. He has been a huge part of what Spurs have been doing. So we just, we just need to, sometimes you just need to, instead of just going, yeah, we'll blood him in the, in a, some useless Coca-Cola cup or whatever, is to, is to put him in the squad and use him. If you, if you do just give them five minutes at the end, even if you're winning 2-0 or whatever, you've got, you, you, you got, I know it's a, or try some. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I mean, just try something. You know what I'd rather do? I'd rather try something than not try. You know, yeah, we, 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 we've just done, we've just had five losses on the bounce. Um, by the way, what was, what was nice as well was, um, so did Pulis. He got his fifth loss on the bounce yesterday. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, that's a shame, isn't it? Nick, a quick, Nick, a quick point. You squeak then, go on. Uh, just going back to the, um, you know, uh, Boateng and, and the academy. The thing is, like I mentioned before, the fact that we've got so many injuries, they're going to get a chance. And I know that uh, our manager has talked about giving players a chance and really hasn't done it. And I guess I understand why, because we were so high up the table. But now that we've kind of dropped a little bit, you know, Boateng will get a chance. I think Kai Kai will. And I think that was the first, uh, I know it was, it was the first academy player to get a, a chance I think they said four years ago was Carl De Silva was the last player to get a chance to play. That's a long time. So whether it was by design or by chance, these guys will get a chance now to play, and hopefully they'll they'll do a board thing. Did they'll get the chance? They'll work hard in training, and they'll and they'll, and they'll do well. Do you know? Do you know what? I think we've legitimately missed a trick with Boateng because in 
in two almost three years ago to the day, just a little bit Stoke, longer than three right? years ago. Stoke away in the FA Cup. Yeah, yeah two he, years ago. Yeah, the Stormers. Three, Lions, three not, years, 2013. Three yeah, years Lions, ago. Lions, as you said, both had a Stormer's debut against Stoke and was never seen again until yeah. yesterday. And But you know why? It's, it's, it's circumstance. If we didn't get promoted that season, he would have played the whole following season. Yeah. I, yeah. I have no doubt about that. But obviously, we got into the Premier League. We were... Uh, circus for the first six months of that season yeah. and he's never going to get it and this and this is the whole problem with it is... hang on hang on hang on don't equate us with that team uh down by the river please circus. Good <laughs> um but you've got Deli ali as as well as he's doing now he did play 80 odd games um mk dons, right? uh, dons yes right. so this is the whole argument that's going to get thrown back and it is why i guess pardew is trying to get them game time uh boateng's been on loan at plymouth and he's he was a legend done, there wasn't he he's done, he's done well by all accounts that's why jake gray's getting his time at hartlepool and he's doing really well there right. and again kai kai has gone to shrewsbury right was it shrewsbury and cambridge and then shrewsbury right exactly, yeah right. so he's he's been getting that sort of game time there but um yeah, I really, I think when Boateng played in that game against Stoke, he played 65 minutes in that game and he absolutely bossed it. And that was a championship team against a Premier League midfield. And then as soon as he came off the pitch, the game started to turn in Stoke's favour a bit and it ended up <laughs> with them running over us in extra time. So yeah. I think it's a big shame there. But you're right, I don't think the fit, there's this weird fear factor. Do you know what? Like, throw him in there. What? what Boateng yeah. is going to learn a lot playing alongside Johan Kabaya. Just chuck him in there. But we've got nothing to play for. It's, for it's, ironic, that he, it's, ironic, that he, it's wow. ironic that he came on uh, when Kabaya came off. The same could be said of Kai Kai. I was with Gerald when we played Newcastle in the uh, League Cup, whatever it was mm. called that year. The Rumbelows Cup, I think it was that year. Or <laughs> the Milk Cup. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but when Kai Kai came on, he ripped Newcastle apart, didn't he, and scored. And he was on the bench yesterday. Whereas maybe, maybe we said a couple of weeks ago that when we when we've reached that magic forty points, I don't think forty points is. I think thirty seven points is going to be enough to stay up this year because the, the teams at the bottom are, are so so awful at the moment. But you know, let, let's get them in then. Um, second half, we we kind of lost it a bit, and we we defended so stoutly and so resolutely. Um, my one of the highlights of the second half for me was Jedi had a massive bit of spittle in his beard for about 20 minutes and I was just shouting at the telly wipe your effing beard Jedi it was gross and they kept doing close-ups of him uh, anybody else notice that no no, no. just you I was, I was um, in the stands I didn't have my binoculars out <laughs> the, the other highlight on the telly and uh, Patrick sent it to us was uh, our very own um, at Juicy Lucy Lucy Dried Husk White um, we actually saw her on the telly um, and Three people in the pit, or two people in the pitch were yawning. It wasn't until Patrick pointed out that it was before the first half that they were yawning rather than during the first half. I'd imagine they were yawning quite a lot then. Um, Jedi, he gave a lot of way, a lot of free kicks in the area that Sigurdsson likes to take them from. And you could argue that it was very lucky to be on the pitch at the end. Was that the feeling in the crowd, Terence? Um, yeah, I think there was. Um... I'm just trying to pull up the stats now. I was looking at oh, is it Delaney as well, I think. Both of them, him and Delaney and Jednak, both put in fouls where you were kind of like, ooh, that's a bit um, a bit dodgy. But it was, was it the one from the Hennessy save that Jednak was on a yellow card when he brought him down? It was, I think yeah. so, yeah. Yeah, that, see, that, that yeah. Um, we moan about referees a lot and we were done in this game about the soft freak against Hadibayor, but... Based on some of the red cards I've seen for us this season, 
Um, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that he didn't get a second yellow there. I don't know if something to do with him wearing a captain's armband or whatever, but I think he, I think he did get away with one there. Yeah, Paul Ashby's got in touch on the old Twitter um, at uh, whole, at whole Radio. Uh, Paul Ashby three. He said, "Guys, Boateng played in the FA Cup the following season versus West Brom and was equally impressive. He even got an assist. So yeah, he's a very very good player and and the future. Oh yeah, he did. He played in the two 0 yeah, I remember that against West Brom. With the assist was albeit um, Dwight Gale did score from twenty-five yards, so assist is a bit generous. But he did have an excellent game there as well. So yeah, again, he's showing that you know he, he played he, two he, games he kept... in three years. You're right. Two yeah, and we got uh, we got some more chat. Um, Cool Eagle said he's loved to see Kai Kai on, on uh, Saturday. Um, Quick game two said we seem to have lost our skill factor. Um, Pards just uh, lines in somewhere and said that Pards said that Kai Kai would have played. Um, had he trained earlier in the week. I think he'd, he'd just come back from an injury. Um, and then again, Booted Eagle said, I think Boateng's appearance was long overdue, not just in Pard's tenure, but in other previous managers mm-hmm. who have not put in youngsters. Uh, and, his, and then he also said, Holloway didn't do it when we were rocking in the championship. Um, and guest uh, in the chat, uh, and said, the fear is with us and the management, not the kids. That's yeah. an interesting which is, point. Which is, which is a no, no. But I, I, I almost disagree with that because, see, the thing is, it, it's the it, the plastics fear. That's what it is. But you get other people like us that can sit back and have him and, and, and remember the games when they have been half decent. Listen, these kids, right? They're playing for their future. We all, we we've all seen these young players come and go. But these guys now, they have the biggest chance. The biggest chance. Like boating now to turn his life around, and 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 in this sense, this might sound in a cold light of day, but he has the chance to to make himself a proper Premiership player and to lead a life that that he's probably always ever dreamed of. That he can see in front of him. I mean, you look at Ali Boyle with the riches that he's got, and other players getting thirty, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand pound a week. This is his chance. And if you get these kids come in and they do a Balassi or they do a Kabai and they start really putting in shifts it, it will turn the fans around and then and then what you'll do is you'll go oh we you know oh he's coming on or that's coming on and and, and you get the fear factor what we, what you need these kids you need these kids to come through because we will really i mean do you remember the first time you ever saw wilf i mean he just kept losing i mean i, I remember seeing him kick, kicking the ball out about five, six seven years ago he just kept running down the wing and running the ball out of playing was like what are you doing but he really you know but but what he did he, he got more and more confident but once people stopped shouting at him and they got confident it was it, it i think that's what we need but i mean you know like i said i I've, and i have said it for ages and i know chris if he's listening will agree with me i have said that that i think boating i think boating was ready last year i really do yeah. I think he is i saw him when he was 16 and he is absolutely mustard yeah He's got he's got two feet, which is refreshing to see well, as well. And and that, and that was the thing, you know, when he pushed out to his left and then and then blitzed that shot with his left, mm. you know, yeah. another six seven inches to the left, mate, and everyone's gonna be. Yeah, I think it's, 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 I think it's even less than that. I think it was less than that. It was. I, I don't think it could have got any closer. Joe's a fisherman. Joe's a fisherman. He always exaggerates. One arm, one arm fisherman. It was. <laughs> 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 oh, um, 
just um, live listeners, hello. Um, but if you listen on the podcast, you'll know this already. But um, last couple of weeks, we've been adding extra content onto our podcasts just to give those uh, a bit more to listen to. Um, we had a, a little competition where you could win a Kabai mug. Um, so again, um, if you that, if you're listening live, you can download the podcast. We'll have a bit of an introduction, and we're going to have a bit of extra content this week where we're going to be talking about. Um, terrorist culture at the palace and a little bit about uh liverpool walkout so if you if you love this show so much and i know judging by some of the tweets we get some people really 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 love us uh one bloke called noughts and crosses i think is a is a big fan of us um and um yeah so there, there's just a little bit extra so um we're going to play out a jingle soon where you can download the app show the app and and whatnot rest of the second half really it did get a bit back backs to the ball we did defend resolutely and stoutly. Do you think a draw was a fair result, Terence, or do you think we got away with it? Well, I think what we did really well in the second half when it, we did end up getting our backs to the wall is I think we countered really well, which was refreshing to see early, earlier on in the season. Previous two seasons before that, we've always looked good on the counter, but that's kind of been sucked out of us in recent months. It's not really been there. Um, and I think uh, the way... Shamak, Adebayor and Zaha were linking up as I said earlier. Shamak's finished gel. Wash your mouth out, mate. I'm not having any of that. I thought, <laughs> he, I, I thought he was class when he came on. Um, but I do, I agree with your point is that you want to bed youngsters in as well. I know what he was getting at, but um, I think the way Adebayor and Shamak showed that they've played at a really, really high level and they gave us an outlet to counter. I thought um, Shamak worked his arse off in the middle, chasing the ball around um, we could have nicked ones. We could have nicked some on the break, like we talked about the Boateng chance. Yeah. And um, but then you've got Hennessy's made a good save. They've missed a couple of good chances. That one from the corner, which fell straight to Williams, and he's just managed to kick it straight, dribble it back to Hennessy. But with the way we were hitting on the counter, I think a draw might have been a fair result. I can I can understand uh, uh, from an away perspective. I mean, I can understand why Swansea fans and. Uh, coaching staff and whatever would believe that they should have won that game but I, I think we did just enough for a point yeah um i've just um seen on our show document um ben hayhe ben fahey or fai uh at ben i benny remedy uh has, has asked a question we kind of answered it already but um we're in the premier league at last but our average age on saturday was 28 have we lost our way with academy and youth policy do you think we need well we've, we've kind of said it already but i didn't realize that was our average age joe you said you've got a valid point uh well it's not me it's, it's just um a lot of people now that is in the in the chat um uh, what's the address there joe i'm still uh dot net forward slash chat um he says um the guest says uh Jill, we all want the academy lads to come through yet we scream that we don't buy in the transfer window well that's a really valid point but i think the way that you can sort of look at it is that I think Parrish has bought or got, got uh, Eddie Boyor in and I think he's basically said, look, you know, you've got to bring these two or three players in. I mean, they are like brand new players, really, aren't they? Uh, yeah. Young, keen players. Um, you know, Quick Game 2 said, we have a great academy, we should ease them into the first team. Um, and then Joe Berto said, it'd be interesting to see if Gray and Innes get a look in next season after long loan periods. Um, and then I've, I've, I've basically said, I've, I've said that for ages about Innes. Um, and then... Uh, he's, he's been bubbling under the radar for a long, long time, hasn't he? Well, I think Lyons, you know, he said he, he, thinks, he, he thinks he's being groomed as Delaney's successor, which would, you know, I hope, I hope so, because like I said, I, I saw him a couple of years ago and I, I, I almost, 
I thought he was a very, very, you know, he's solid, he's huge. Um, but again, until you bring him in and get him in, get him in and around, you're never going to know how. That. Listen, I, I think they'll do all right. I think the players that come through, we generally do all right. And if they don't do, you know, if they don't do all right, if I say go on and do all right with someone else. Yeah, yeah, and uh, we got Johnny over at Milton Keynes Dance. Um, quite a lot of people in the week were saying that we need to get him back with our dearth or, or the lack of lack of people in midfield. Now, I still think that um, that um, Punctual getting injured was um, one of the best things that could have happened to us. But then you look at his stats, and they're phenomenal. And it, you, you look at the stats, and you look at the play, how he's playing, and, and it doesn't seem to tie up. Is, am I am I wrong, Patrick? Well, one thing, you can't bring Johnny Williams back. He's not in the 25, and he's too old to become an underage player, so he's got to stay at Milton Keynes Dons. So that's the first thing. Yeah. The second thing is, um, as far as punch and stats, and I think Tim's backed me up on this, if we hadn't had that player the last two years, we would have been relegated. That's how good he was the last two years. I totally understand he hasn't played well this year. And at all. people have gotten his case. Yeah, I agree, but you know what? I'm telling you right now, we would have gone down both years had he not been on our team. That's how big he was for us. So he had, he had a bad season, and I get it, or half season, and I get it, and people got on his case. But I'll say it again. He was very bad with us the last two years, so that was important for me to look but at. There, but there is a thing about punching that he doesn't play well until after Christmas. He did it last year. He was rubbish up till Christmas. But we can't have a third-of-a-year player. Yeah, we, again, we, Joe, we, we, I, I, I get that point, and, and, and I get the stats. I'm just telling you now, we would not have stayed up the first year without him on our team. He was that I, valuable to us. I The most ever we had was him. He didn't I, want to play the year either year, but he was, he was the best player we had for the last two years. He, I'm, I'm not denying that he was good, but that's the past. And how, how many chances do you need to get to actually say, hang on? We, we need to give somebody else to go in here. It's a bit because... unfair, though, Nick. You mean that's the past? I mean, he's had a bad half of one season. He's been here for three years now. It's a bit unfair to say that's the past. He's been here three years now. He's had one half of a bad season as far as contributing. I, I get what you guys are saying. You know, he's out now, so I guess we're going to see. We're going to see how good we are without him, that's for sure. But my point is, is that we would have gone down without him the last two years. And that's a fact. That's not even well, a, my opinion. That's a fact. Um, we're going to be choosing our man, man of the match uh, very soon. If you want to um, contribute to that, you can do it at um, wholeradio.net forward slash chat or tweet us at wholeradio. Um, any more thoughts on the game before we move on to the man of the match, Terence? Um, no, nothing that's racist. I thought Joel Ward had a decent game. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to talk about him as man of the match, but I thought um, he was actually really good. Um, it surprises me that they didn't start Montero or play Montero. Did he even come on? I don't think he even come on. He didn't come uh, on. They brought on Barrow instead. Yeah. Yeah. Montero terrorized Joel oh, last so season. Good. Yeah. So um, I was surprised that that didn't happen. And probably if Gary Monk was still there, he would have remembered it and played him. But um, yeah, I thought Joel would have quitted himself really well after some shaky recent weeks. So fair play to him for making a step back up in level of performance yeah what what made me sad was seeing how well Routledge played for them I thought he had a very good game they they uh, we the taxi we got up to the ground the taxi driver couldn't say a good word about him they they don't seem to like him up there really mm. it's, since they've they've got their new manager in they he's been picked a lot more he's played more under the new manager than he did for the rest of the season well, um, I think he's just, only scored one in a year or something, um, which is not really good for someone who's playing behind a striker. But just it'd fit, just it fit right back in with us. Just while I think about old players, because I'm getting old and I'll forget about it. Anybody see Joey McEnough's goal for Orient? Oh, YouTube it! It was absolutely superb, absolutely brilliant, brilliant goal. He was another another one of my favourites. Um, so yeah, 
let's think about our man of the match. So, Joe, who would you pick? Uh, on the highlights. <laughs> Go on, then. Do you know what? On the highlights, Captain Scott Dan. Yep. Okay, Patrick. It's a hard one to pick because um, we had such a poor first half. I had to pick it based on the second half performance. So it'd be between, honestly, between Dan and, honestly, Jordan Much. And I'm going to be fair in summer. I would probably pick Much on that performance. He played pretty well second half. So I'd pick Jordan Much. I'd, yeah, I'd say he was man of the second half. But I well, think first half was a poor one. So I'm, I'm going to take that out of the equation. So. As, um, as uh, the esteemed uh, Chris Hambling said to me yesterday, he said he's, he's, he, he got a zero because he got 10 out of 10 in the second half, but he got a minus 10 in the first half. So <laughs> yeah, you go. negativized himself. <laughs> um, who have I asked? Have I asked Terence? No. no. Terence. Yeah, well, you know He's I'm not, not gonna... picking much, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> that I know already. <laughs> you got more chance of um, Patrick picking Hennessy. <laughs> I thought that... I know, that's not fair. I picked Hennessy, and I might have picked it yesterday, honestly, if it wasn't for the first week kick, so... No. Well, it's no, it's, I mean, it's no, it's no good for discovering that much his best position is on the wing because it's irrelevant when Balassi's back anyway because he's not going to get a look in there. And I'd much rather see Kai Kai playing that position as well, but... Um, he did all right in the second half, was appalling in the first half. Um, so it's it's typical of Jordan much, really. Um, but yeah, he, I thought he did all right. Um, I think Shamak changed the game when he came on. He's probably the only reason we got a you result. You love him, didn't you? It's the only reason we got a result. It's the only reason we got a result. He get, he, between him and Adebayor taking up some incredible positions, positions that are way advanced than what we, you're used to seeing up the top and creating space and creating one-touch pass triangle situations, which, which was also a case of making much look good as well because it was giving him the ball in great positions. It was, um, you know, that, that, that's part of it. Um, but I think I would, Scott Danny gets the goal again. I think we put in a really, really good, solid defensive shift. And, um, and you know, and Delaney alongside him was a lot better than he has been in recent weeks as well. So the, both of them did really well, but I'll plump for Dan. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm going to go for Dan as well. He's, he's in there with the goals. He's, he's leading the defence really, really well. And we know how well Delaney plays with him. And we know that, um, well, whoever's there plays well with Dan. You, you could stick gel next to Dan, and he'd be a ma- he'd play better than he's ever played. Quick, Joe, quick. Go on, quick. Uh, just a stat that I can't remember. I'm going to steal this off Twitter from someone. Dan has got five goals, and our defenders have scored eight goals more than any other team in the Premier League, I think, or maybe ev- everywhere. Yeah. Um, we're going to have a little bit of a jingle. Then we're gonna, uh, uh, sorry, Joe, have we got any men of the match uh, in the chat room? Uh, let me just have a look. No. Okay, so, so There's gets... loads of stuff about punching. If you, if you. If oh, you... go on then. Let's hear. A okay, bit about, we're going on about sentiment. Um, Do we have to. Well, no, because it, it because it, it, it's actually quite relevant. Because Pardew's turned around and said he's had a good season in his press conference, and, and that, yeah, I know he likes him, right. and you like him, but right. but the thing is, you know, it's. it's I, I don't know where people think that. 
I don't like him. No, know? no, I'm just saying, but, if you no, like him, you thought he had a good yeah. season. If you don't like him, you'll say what people can say in the chat room. So let me but hear what he they have to say. But he hasn't had a very good season, though. That's the thing. And, and, and for, for Pardew to turn around and say that is, um, was, was very strange. He, he, you know, he's left a lot of, of uh, 50-50 people, or people that like him, people that don't, saying, well, maybe not. But anyway, um, there, was, there was quite, a, like I say, a fair few bits and pieces in, in the chat about that. But... Um, Anyway, Pardew yeah. also said we were going to get two or three more players in. So, well, yeah, but we did get two or three more players in, didn't we? We did. We did. Well, no, but but, but we have. We've we've got uh, two of our younger players. We've bought... you are, that doesn't like count, Joe. Yeah, yeah no, I like count. your thinking, Joe. You're well, right. Well, well, I think that would have happened anyway for me. And it, and it turns, I think he turns around and says that had you know had Kai Kai not got injured, he, he would have been in weeks ago. So you can see that you can see the way that he's obviously, you know, with with the injury that Balassi's got, he, he needs to be thinking that we need we need wide players. So you know, yeah. that, that it gives you half an half an inkling into knowing that what, whatever's wrong with Balassi is is long term. You know, and now we've lost MacArthur long term as well. It's um it's getting a bit trying all these all these uh, all these players. Um, you know, yeah. we've we've had a we've had a, t- a torrid time for injuries in the last you know in the last six to eight weeks. If we want wide players, why don't we get Neil Shipley back? <laughs> what? Sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> and raise the buttock at left back. Yeah. yeah. Can, can, can we just um, just say to Jay, about Jason Punchin, um, up until he's got injured in this weekend, the results, you know he was eighth in the Premier League for chances created. Really? It's just, just, just a stat, Terence. Don't, don't worry about it. It's just a stat. A, ch- a chance created is that leads to a shot. Who, who so, takes notice of stats? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Booted Eagle and uh, Joe Berto in the chat room both said, um, that, or Booted Eagle said, Dan, and the match leading from the front, literally. Um, Joe Berto said, got to be Dan, really. Gold machine. Yeah, and it, actually Dan Dan came out at the top of the poll um, in uh, on the BBS. Um, I think so, we're going to have a jingle, and then we're going to have, uh, be- because of some uh, dodgy stuff with our technology, we're going to have a live four-word review. So I'm telling my co-presenters, get your document open just while um, Tav oh, plays this jingle out, please. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go using our Android app. Download at hlradio.net forward slash Android. So um, we're ready. Are you ready for some four-word reviews? I don't know whether we're going to have background music this week or not. Can I have a link to it? <laughs> oh, Joe. <Jill. laughs> He's not alone. I need it as well. Oh, dear. Right. I'll tell you what. You, you, uh, we'll, we'll get to have the producer to, to sort out a link for that. I've got some, uh, I've got some questions that um, Brendan Lahane has sent in at Eagle Bren. And uh, just while Tav sends out your, um, your links in the chat in the Skype, please. Um, question one. Well, question part one. Is there a case that fans of all big clubs are becoming obsessed with the transfer market? Patrick, to you. Yeah, I think so. I think there should only be one. They should only have it during the summertime. Because when they have it during the season, um, it raises expectations of certain teams and certain fans. It also creates a lot of problems with certain players. I think if they had just the one summer transfer market, it would kind of settle people down. You know, you've got a new team... Perhaps you've got a new manager, you change the manager over the end of the season and you come in, expectations a little bit different. So I think when you have the two, it does kind of make things a little bit difficult for um, expectations-wise. So I would say it does raise it. Second question, 
from Brendan goes to Terence. Does social media, message boards, etc., fuel transfer fees and players' wages through pressuring club chairman? Um, yes, I think it's it's quite refreshing if you have a look at um, uh, Peterborough's chairman is very open about what goes on with transfers through yeah. social media. He's and brilliant, Darren McDonough. He's great. Yeah, and unless agents uh, are also on there peddling myths and so on and. You know, Jordan, for all these faults, Simon Jordan, that is, you know, he used to castigate them and he hated the agents and the, the fact that these people were making a, driving all the prices up of everything and taking extra money out. Didn't, so, that, didn't that cost us, though, in some transfers that he'd... No. He'd, um, he'd, no. He'd, oh, yeah, no. Well, K, it's the K was the whole big one, wasn't it? <laughs> but that was... I think that was Millwall trying to bring Everton out of the out with a bid because Millwall no, won it. No, Joe yeah. knows the story. Be careful with this. No, well, okay, okay. Joe well, knows the Cahill story very well. Trust mate. me. What, sh- share it then. Let's go. No, no, no. I've, I've, I've told this ages ago. It, honestly, he told me this he, when he when he come out of having a meeting. What what it was is Simon Jordan turned around and said to Tim he said I'll be doing you a favour letting you sign for my club anyway and he said he sat there and went in his head I never ever ever signed in a contract for this bloke and that was it and that was the finish there was there was you know I'm going to say allegedly because I don't want to get us into trouble but there was um, they were trying to cut the agent out in the middle um, yeah Theo and 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 Simon Jordan. But, you know, like I said, the thing was, it was never going to happen with Tim. After Simon said that to him, it was never, ever going to happen. Okay. And then I, and then I took the phone call a little while later off of him because he couldn't speak to anyone else and said, if you were me, would you play for Everton? I mean, it's like the most stupid question he ever asked me. So, but that's, that's, that's not, I promise you, that's the honest truth. That's exactly what happens. So, we, we, you know, he was there. He was, he was in the chairman's office and they were prepared to do a deal and then Simon's ego got the better of him and he's, and and, uh, and and that was the reason that that never happens. No matter what you say, what anyone else says, I promise you that's what happened. Okay, all right. Well, I, st- I stand corrected um, on that specific one, but I still think that agents are a problem within the game. Um, but Agreed, totally. Who was, the, who was the player that we interviewed, the ex-Palace player that was an agent and did well? Um, I'm sure Bobby. one of them. Andy Gray. Andy Gray, is he in a, was he an agent or was... I can't remember. I'm getting old. Um, and the last question to Gel: How much has Sky Sports played in the rise of transfer fees and wages by fueling fans' expectations with their twenty-four-hour rolling news and nonsense? Oh boy! Yeah, but that's the that's the, the world we live in now. When we when we've got uh, everyone wants to get on their phone at any second, or they, you know, the, the, when when stuff like that happens, it does it doesn't help when your own chairman and your own player and, and your own manager turn around and say that we are going to make signings you know we're looking we're after two or three players definitely after a four we're after this we're after that you know you raise the expectation so of yep. course when a transfer window does you know that month appears and, and and nothing really happens you can see that you turn expectation into in, almost into delusion you know, but it, but it, but it does, and it? it makes yeah. people do. It makes people do things that they would never do. It makes people say things that they would never say yeah. because they, because you get, you, you know, it's, it's like the eternal. You get led up the garden path. It was like Tim Inman. 
yeah, go on, Sim. You know you're gonna. Yeah, we know you're gonna win it this year. <laughs> he, he was never ever gonna win it. You know, <laughs> you just get led up a garden path. And and that's the thing about football. I've 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 pretty much sussed now that that it's, a lot of it's bluster. A lot of it's a lot of it's just saying what you want. You know what, what people want you to say and what you want to hear. So, I, I, listen. As 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 bizarre as it sounds, you know, I was. I wasn't seething, but I was like, oh, Christ, we've, we've, you know, we've sold a 31-year-old who can score goals and got a 32-year-old that only been playing football. Oh, so I was a little bit like Let's not go but, down that road. No, 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 but no, no, Nick, <laughs> but what I'm saying is in the last week, now we've got the, these two players are going to be like two, you know, they're going to be, I think they're going to be a revelation for us. And I think, hopefully. I, I, well, hopefully. I honestly do. I mean, just look at Boateng, what he did. I, I know it's putting pressure on the kid, but the Premier League's pressure. As soon as you put that shirt on and you start a game, you're under massive pressure. I hope he can, I hope he can fulfil his potential because we know what he's been doing. He's been smashing it up elsewhere. And I, you know, I, I, I think, um, but, but yeah. getting to your thing, Sky Sports, they do, listen, they've got, a, they've got, a, they want people tuning in for their five and a half billion or whatever it is. You know, they, they Sky have been fantastic for the game. It can be, you, you know, it can be a little bit over the top sometimes. But Double-edged sword, Joe. Look, I'm going to move us swiftly on because I've just seen what the time is. We're going to be talking about, uh, we're going to do our four-word reviews in a minute. Uh, then we're going to be talking about Aki Rialasi. Don't forget, um, if you want to vote Aki in or bin, uh, you can do that at whole radio forward slash, wholeradio.net forward slash vote. Are we um, ready for our four-word reviews? Music Maestro? Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Mummy White at Pat A. White. Dan Baird once again. Ken Flurry at King B. 1994. Academy Players Boosting Squad. That ginger guy. Oh, is this because I'm ginger that I'm breathing this one out? At Ollie's, at Ollie's Spring Day. Bye-bye, 31 points. Um, Edward Porter, oh, my eyes are too bad, Ed, to see your real name, but anyway, we needed that point. <laughs> ben Allen and Nigel Collins both came out with much better second half for MCCH. Andy Hobbs at AJ Hobbsy. Draw feels like win. Jack Evans at Jack Evans UK. Win possible, draw fair. Uh, Loose, the girl won. How Lucy, that is. Juicy Lucy. Point is a point. Ben Wilson, at Benji Wilson, got out of jail. Lisa, at Trump. Dan dunked Swans. Right, this this is clearly not a real one. Someone Someone's playing around here. We've got yeah. of music. Oh, yeah. Phil, Phil McCavity. <laughs> <laughs> Defence stuck in well. <laughs> Have all the meals. Defence stuck well in. Sorry. Uh, Kevin Lines. Kevin strikers score. Duncan Smith. Play Scott Dan up front. Salmon Pronger. Addy one every header. Mike Timms. Mike CPSC Tan. Tau of two muffins. Mike Timms from Canada. Uh, Darren Dipfleisch. Uh, at Deppy 38 point stops the rock 
Four Word Reviews. Review the game next week by tweeting hashtag Four Word Review to add Whole Radio. The all-time Palace 25-man squad. Tweet us your suggestions and we'll choose in or bin. Okay, so we've got quite a few people in the squad. I'm going to go through the squad we've got so far. Don't forget, you can vote on whether Aki is in or bin at wholeradio.net. Sorry, wholeradio.net forward slash vote. Um, the goalies we got in are Nigel Martin and John Jackson, not Michael Jackson, as somebody's put in there. Defenders, we've got Scott Dan, Eric Young, Nathaniel Klein and Kenny Sampson. In our midfield, we've got Wilf, Peter Taylor, Don Wodgers, Jeff Thomas and Andy Gray. Our forwards, Ian Wright, Andy Johnson, Mark Bright and Dougie Friedman. And Bind, we've got a triumvirate of Michael Hughes, Simon Roger and Ashley Cole. Gel, Aki Realati. In, that'll do. Well, no, we go, go, why? What do you remember <laughs> about Aki? Because he's a legend. Because he oh, could pass. Because he had a great engine. Because he was a nice guy. Because he loved it. He, he, he weren't a badge kisser, but what he did, he played for the badge. And, 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 you, and you speak to him now, and he still loves our club. Yep. He loves our club. He loves our fans. The insurrection. He's just, he just, you know, he's just one of them. I, I, I don't even want to. I, 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 should I say he was one of us, but just good at football? Well, you have, yeah. I, I, I kind of agree with you there, Patrick. Your thoughts on Aki? Great player. I, I liked him. It was a time when I really couldn't see a lot of Palace matches. It was the early 2000s, so we didn't have this great NBC package we have now. So I do remember seeing occasional matches that he played in. I know he was a player. I think he got the most caps for a Palace player. You know. Uh, for his country while still at Palace. I loved his engine, like Joe said. He, he put himself about, could pass the ball, came up with some big goals. So, um, and, and he just, honestly, he's an all-around nice guy. I kind of follow him on Twitter. He always has something nice to say about the club. Um, so I think that just based on that, he just, he's just, you know, he's just a kind of person you want to have, you know, around the club. So I would, uh, I liked him. Yeah. Terence, do you remember much about Aki? Of course. Of course. Um, Stockport. He played at Stockport. And yeah, any anyone who played at Stockport is a legend, and that includes Wayne Carlisle. <laughs> 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 but no, it, it, he was he epitomised what everything Palace, what Palace fans will, especially traditionally, of want want in a player, running around 110 percent every time, blood and guts, and you know, it's people talked about him getting a testimonial. When he was only with, with us for what was it seven years, he was with us, and people were trying to drum up interest in getting him a testimonial, which I think says a lot about how the fans feel about what Aki did for the club in his time there. And I, I, I just think this is this is what this is one where is Aki technically one of our most gifted midfielders we've ever had? Probably not, but if you're factoring in what he did for the club and everything he put in for our club I think this is a no-brainer really yeah good points yeah, yeah. he's uh, he actually uh, resonates with me because I I think he, he when I when I kept before I was a presenter on the show and uh, the, the the previous like we're having competitions um, I got the question wrong um, who had um, the most uh, international appearances was uh, or who was the most capped player that played for Palace and that was Aki Realati. Um he played 157 games um, 
for Palace, scoring 13 times. The goal I remember him scoring most was a while where he equalised in a game against Arsenal. And I can still remember that because I was standing up. I'm sure I was standing up in the half away in those days. But didn't he used to have a blog that he used to write that was really, really entertaining and gave <laughs> a bit of an insight into into yeah. um, into the game? Has he not stood with the fans a couple of times? Yeah, he's, he's done all that. <laughs> Yeah, and is a, a hero in in Finland. Uh, he is HJK was his main club in Finland. HJK Helsinki, and I think now he's actually working for them in some sort yeah, of yeah, um, he's a director capacity. or something, I believe. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, gel. Sorry, mouth for the food. I was eating. Thanks for that, mate. I said after Patrick. Um, you know what I liked about him? No, oh, John Terry. You know, as much as people don't like him. But if, if he thought that he could stop a shot by heading your foot, he would edge your foot. He would mm. sling himself at you. I remember Aki just used to... He, he just... He would have done that. I know he would have done that. Well, no. I, I, we see him do that. No, like I said, traditionally, Palace fans have loved... They've loved effort. You don't have to be the best player, but you just they love effort. And But he had... You know, it was just... I liked him. I liked him for everything he stood for. And I think that's why... You know, a, a long time after his career's finished, he's still liked now and still revered at Palace. Yeah. And, and in Finland. Well, well, quite a few people have voted. I'll, I'll let you know the, the kind of results. But we've had Roller Coaster, who's, who said beer, and he said he's not really done enough anything really for Palace. Well, we all have our opinions. Um, Joe has said, let, has been dim with less Palace appearances than T- Sandor Torgeli. Um, Xander. What? Xander, I don't know if that's true or not. I'm just reading these out. That's obviously not true. No. Um, Xander, CPFC, says he loves him. And there's a Palace legend who still has love for the club. This is true. Um, He said in. uh, Thomas has said what a character. In all the clubs he's been to, he's been a character. He's a class player. Definitely in. Um, We've got a Twitter vote. Um, 68% out of 250 people have voted him in. Um, Overwhelmingly on our, our vote, um, Aki is in. Um, so, Terence, in or bin? Well, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read something off his website because I went and looked for his blog as you were just talking about, and yeah. I found I found it. As a result of many things, I signed to England. Sorry, there's some really bad English in it. Crystal Palace FC, the pride of South London. At the time, the traditional club was deep in a relegation battle with a worrying curve. But my good friend there, Mikel Forsell, insisted it was a big club with a big future. I got a head start for English acceptance when, before even pulling on my new club shirt, I scored in the, I scored in the Anfield against England in a World Cup qualifier. My first nine games with the Mighty Eagles were a battle against relegation, which we avoided in only the last minute. English style suited me and I felt comfortable on and off the pitch. The good start also meant that my home pages grew without me never looking for that and I got offers to write for them uh, for the most English newspapers <laughs> the highly respected and exceptionally good the times offered me that possibility and I couldn't refuse and I got my own column there so that is every week he was writing in the times which was um which I remember being very very funny yeah exactly right next next time can you do it in a Finnish accent please Joe <laughs> in or in, in Patrick uh, before I before I end on Ben, he actually tweeted out when we put out the um the question on Twitter, Aki responded the following way. It, it. This this game is corrupted if I am in. Vote for Donald Trump instead. 
<laughs> so, despite him being a Trump fan who I can't stand, I'm going to in Aki. He's still a legend uh, to me. That was definitely irony. He did. I know. I know. <laughs> he's, he's not a Donald Trump fan. Face. I know he <laughs> There's face, no yeah. way he's a Donald Trump fan. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. But he's a great guy. He's definitely in for me. Terence. Um, yeah, 100% in. And say, if you put Wayne Carlisle up, he's going in. He played. He played. <laughs> He played at Stockport, and that game is such a fond memory of mine from my childhood, so he's in. Yeah, and I, I'll definitely in Aki. So um, next week, we're going to be looking um, at a winger. So um, any ideas for wingers that we could shove in jail for people to tweet their ideas? Salako. Yeah. Is he in? There is. You reckon Johnny Salako? Terence, who do you think is a winger? Um, yes, if Salako isn't up, then it probably has to go towards him. Got, got to get looking towards Salako, surely. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Homestale Radio. Well, that was a very interesting show. Terrence, what was the highlight of that show for you this week? The highlight of the show was that we wasn't talking about a defeat, mate. <laughs> I like your style. We we would talk to Patrick, but him being from uh, America, he's uh, actually he's gone off to watch the Super Bowl, which is some kind of American sort of thing that takes about seventeen hours, almost as long as this podcast is going to be. Joe, what was your highlight of the show? <laughs> highlight of the show? Um, yeah, just being on it, mate. Being on it and around you guys. Yeah, I don't know if uh, any of our detractors on Twitter actually listen to the pod. Don't they realise that they're actually um, giving us more publicity? Don't forget, we've got our competition. You can uh, tweet us the answer. Uh, what was the chant that Jill started? Uh, it's an anti-Charlton chant. And uh, talking of chanting, um, back in the day when I used to stand on the homestyle, I started the uh, Bob, 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 Bobby Barry chant to the uh, No Limits tune. But uh, Jill and I were talking about the terraces. Terence. Yes. Too similar. How many times have you stood up on the terraces at football, mate? Um, just a handful of times, really. Uh, nine, mid-90s, I remember standing on a terrace at Oxford. We won 3-1 against Oxford. Uh, it was piercing. That was awful, that, that terrace yeah. at Oxford. <laughs> yeah. I think um, Dean Windass scored for them, but we won 3-1. I can remember him scoring, but I don't remember who scored for us. That's terrible. We um, 5-0 last time I went there. Oh. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I was talking about it during the main show, but Stockport away um, in the 1-0, that was a terrace. And I remember when um, when Friedman scored, jumping, and then my feet not touching the ground for about five or six seconds and just being carried in a wave of people. Is um, it almost like um, vertical crowd surfing? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, I don't, I don't know, like, I, it's, it's amazing. I can, under, it's not overly safe having that many people, but each, each week, you know, you've got every night all around the world, you've got people going to gigs and jumping around with each other like that and so on. And it's just something about having that sort of camaraderie, this, the seats take away a bit for me. Yeah, what I, what I miss about it is you could... Ch- once you've got your season ticket, you're stuck there. You could be next to a right idiot. Oh, and, and oh, we are this season. We've got two new people behind us who tried to start a fight with the people next to them at the Spurs game. So, yeah, you do get stuck with some awful people around you. 
And if you if you're a bit late, you can just say to your mates, "Oh, I'll meet you, meet you at the game, meet you inside." You, you can't really do that anymore. Uh, is it really that unsafe, Joe? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think with Peterborough, I think with that, when did they dig theirs up? About three, two, three years ago. So we were there four years ago now. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't there, but. Listen, the, the terraces, terraces are as dangerous as, as, as you make them, really. I mean, I, th- I think the, the safe standing terraces now with the, with the complete overkill on the bars, so you've got something to lean on instead of sit on, I think that's probably the way forward. I think um, the way that, that um, Lord Justice Taylor, when he, when he did, when he did the, the um, you know, after Hillsborough, the report that he did that made seating... You know, all-seater stadiums was was at the time was the right thing to do. I don't think it would be a backward step. I think you need to look at the European football and a lot of uh, a lot of the massive massive clubs in Europe have safe safe standing. So you know we keep, we we're so stuck in the mud and stuck in our ways in this country. Like it's our way or the highway. You know we I'd I'd like to see certain areas and I think the proactive side of maybe even Steve Parrish would like to see that but whether we can yeah. you know whether we can be leaders in that I'm, I'm pretty sure that we would come up against government opposition I don't think we'd come up against the opposition from 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 the football you know the football league and the Premier League and everything else I think we would come up against government um, but I, I don't think the violence inside the ground is is, is like it was you know we used to, you know you used to get the segregation wasn't fantastic back in the day, so um, it's a, it's a it's a diff, it's a difficult one. If it were if it were me, I would have I would have safe standing. Have you ever been scared when you're on a terrace? Oh yeah, many times. Not, many not, times. Not because of the way supporters or or trouble, but just actual. Safety. Uh well yeah I mean I stood I, I was in the Domesdale in 78 when we played Spurs and mind you saying that that was a load of Spurs got in the top of the Domesdale but I was about probably about three or four yards back and then I ended up getting lifted up over the top and down the front to not get squashed so but we but we're not talking about we're not talking about overkill where you know where where we're trying to get 25,000 people into an end that really should hold 15,000 yeah. you know it's um those days are gone now. The safety side of things, you know, cameras, and I, I, I think we're we're a long way ahead when it comes to health and safety um, than, than we were. You know, like it's 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 sad that it has to take tragedy for people to learn. Yeah. But I don't think it'd be a, a, a step backwards as such. But then, you know, you go and ask the families of the, the ninety-six people that died there, and then. Well, also, speak to, well, the, yeah. and speak to the Italian families at, at, at High Saw in, in 85. You know, it's... So you know, I, 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 I look back fondly at the days. I used to used to go. My mum used to take me. I've been my 40th year at Palace this year. Yeah, 41st, actually. I was wow. six when I first went. And I can remember, my mum said, right, you go down the front with your cousin. And we all it used to be rows of kids at the front, and then the adults used to stand at the back. I can remember being passed down, and then you just used to hang on until till everybody had uh, dispersed and, and go and find your parents again. It, it just used to be a, a whole lot different. And then, of course, you got the option if you want to sit down. But the the, the way the whole crowd used to sway. You look at some terraces um, from back in the day. You know them. You, you see the the films of those. Loads and loads, thousands and thousands and thousands of swallows, all 
all making weird shapes in the sky and just managing to dodge and avoid <laughs> each other. It almost looks a bit like that, doesn't it, Terence? Yeah. I mean, it, there is the other side of, if anyone who went to Dover in the FA Cup last season, um, yeah. I couldn't see the other end of the pitch, and I'm not a short person. <laughs> so um, it, it depends. I mean, I, I, I really, really miss it. I think Peterborough, a couple of seasons back, which Joe harked to earlier, was... One of the, I think, probably the best goal celebrations I've ever been involved in when KG made it 2-1. I mean, just the mess in the terrace was absolutely incredible. But And I think there is definitely a place for it where you can choose if you want to be in your safe standing section or you want to be in your main seated section. And as long as everyone who's in the safe standing understands this is a safe standing section and it's it's likely to be a bit more rowdy in there, I don't think there's, I don't think there's any problem with that. And I really hope that we move towards it because let's face it, everyone stands up anyway in the large majority parts of the ground. And yeah. the, seat, the seats in front of you at shin level, or if, if you're at Aston Villa, for example, the seats are plush to the floor in front of you. So it's just a step down to the seat in front, which is really dangerous if you're standing. So those things are causing more health and safety hazards than and safe standing would eradicate all of that. Well, you're not so, allowed to stand up in Block W at the Arthur because <laughs> stewards come over and beat on you, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've, see, I've seen them do it. They do. They push them down. Oh, you, can, you can you can see it from the you can see it from the home side. But um, when uh, we played Stoke in the cup a couple of weeks ago, uh, I, I sat in the home still lower uh, just for a change, get a different view. And uh, my son got fed up with having to stand up and sit down every five minutes, and he kept cracking his back of his legs on the seat as it flipped up. And then the time it didn't flip up, and he. He hurt his leg, and then the time it did flip up, and he sat down on the floor and hurt his back because he thought the seat was going to be there. It was, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> you went through with it, that's, that's, down, moving his seat. That sounds like a Charlie Chaplin <laughs> sketch <does>. or something. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, thing, the thing about the thing about standing is, back in the day, you could. Listen, I, I used to stand in the Arthur, and, um, and, and what we had was probably about 15 yards of terrace going up to, to, to where the steps eventually run out, and then there was a flat piece. That was the pathway that everyone used to yep. filter in and out. You used to go back. You know, if you wanted to get from the front gun have a wee before half time, you walk up the steps, get to the flat bit, and then you could dive up the centre or you know, get, and do whatever. Then you had the, the six or seven foot wall, you know, it's about eight foot wall, and then the seats going up above the Arthur. There was never major crushing in there. I never got involved in major crushing in there. I was I stood in there for you know many many years. Um, but but you know it, what about the Burnley game? That was a bit tight, wasn't it? Well, I was in the I was in the Homesdale for that. So, um, but I mean, listen, you can you can turn any terrace into a mosh pit. You know, and like Tell said, you know, I know I've talked to a few people that went and and seen the videos that Peterborough was messy. That was like proper mosh. But this, you know, if you you just staying twenty yards to the left of it, you don't have to be in with a main. Yeah. You know, if you don't want it, but if you just want to stand up the whole game and you want that, you know, you just I, I can't see I can't see a problem with it. But like I said, I, I don't think it's down to the fans. The fans can voice an opinion, but. The fans have voiced an opinion about 20s plenty. It still ain't going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see it happening, Terence? What, 20 quid? Or no, say, I'll just... say standing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 20 quid. I, I, I think it needs to be um, marketed as being a step on in health and safety uh, on the grounds that, like I said, you're, you're more safe standing behind a bar 
having your seat tucked yeah. in in plush behind you with a bar in front of you than you are standing now with seats at shin level um because it can it can and has i've seen i've seen people fall into the row in front and it's all concrete there you know they're falling yeah. a good few feet down to hard concrete ground so if they're market if it's marketed as this is actually more safe than how the seat how it currently is then maybe it has a chance but um it, it's going to take a big changing of mindset amongst the government because uh, irrationally they're fearing another hillsborough when they hear anything involving standing but if anyone has physically just seen what safe standing actually looks like you know that would be impossible the, the, the thing about hillsborough i know there was hysterics about hillsborough but it wasn't it, it, it was just the fact that, that, that those yes. that those people died and, and, and the mass casualties that happened. But every week you'd see people, especially at like Anfield and Old Trafford, you, you know, um, you'd see people getting carried out of Stratford, getting crushed at the front, kids getting, you know. And it, but it, it was it was back in the day when you literally could, if a kid was in trouble, you'd stick them above your head and pass them down to the front, and someone yeah, would take yeah. them out, take them to a little office, and you pick them up later. You know, it's just it's all it's all gone a little bit crazy, and that's why I, do, I just think health and safety. I think we'll just take over, and, that, and that's all they'll do. We'll just keep, keep quoting health and safety, no matter how much. I think it's um, it. yeah, but um, you, you, you could sell it. Ad. It's much much easier for the uh, Rosas to wade into a crowd of people standing to fish somebody out than it is to move up rows of seats, isn't it? I think it's done for the atmosphere as well. Do you notice how the atmosphere and football? You got to remember, football was different. It was pre-Sky, wasn't it? It uh, when when they introduced the all-seater, uh, but it changed the atmosphere so much, so much. It, it kind of really, really I'd, deadened it. I tell you what, I I I disagree, and I tell you why I disagree. I think the stadia has changed the atmosphere. I think when you look at Arsenal, it's a fantastically beautiful, great big stadium. All the noise goes straight out the top. Yeah, but they were all they, even their last ground. It was known as the library, wasn't it? Yeah, but they've never so been quiet. massive singers anyway, have they? That's that's that's, that's the thing. I, th- I just think I just uh, I'm uh, you know when we build our new stadium or we build our new stands, I hope we take into consideration that, that you know the noise the noise isn't going to disappear. Mm. But, uh, well, um, I, I don't think they're going to be able to do much with the Arthur weight, are they? So you won't lose it out of there. Yeah, but. But I think it's very important. I think I think that the I think the 2010 are aware of that, and I don't think they'd do anything that would try to compromise the sound. Surely, we can't market the way we we do with the HF plastered over everything and talking about how amazing our fans are, and then build a stadium that takes away from our fans' atmosphere. Surely not. Yeah, if you want to get in touch with us uh, via our email, it's um, contact at whole radio. Um, dot net. I knew there was a bit at the end. Contact that on radio.net. What are your terrorist memories? I, I remember when remember when we played Birmingham and they all came down in the fancy dress. Can you imagine what that'd be like? All seater. The only my I think the biggest that was a nightmare. That was a nightmare. Should I tell you why? Did I tell you why it was a nightmare? Because they they sold the correct amount of tickets there. But because they were in fancy dress, they were all two or three times the size they would have been. So they've tried to get these people to have enlarged themselves by by half or, or you know, 
200% bigger than that. She asked, are we still trying to crush these people in the same place? It's bound to spill over. It, it doesn't help that we absolutely smashed them out on the pitch as well, didn't we? Didn't we been, wasn't it 4-0 or something in that yeah. game? Do you, know, do you know what my abiding memory of that was? Was a, a two fellas that went down dressed as a horse. And another, <laughs> and listen, and another fellow went down dressed as a jockey. <laughs> but he had a whip of him and he just he, they was all really really hammered all of them and he got on the bell I think he's obviously said yeah look, look, I'm gonna, you know, you're a horse I'm a jockey let's get and I think he started to ride him and then started whipping <laughs> and, the, and the geezer all of a sudden appeared from halfway underneath his horse and chin the jockey <laughs> so you had, you had a horse and a jockey fighting. And of course, that was, that we, we were scoring goals. And then that was all very drunk. And it was all a bit of a nightmare. But yeah, and then it was the, the horse. Remember the horses coming, just charging across the field into the fans. You're mistaking yeah. that with the uh, the first Wembley Cup final gel that you were at. <laughs> oh yeah, white horse. The other thing that used to be able to do on terraces was uh, let's all have a conga. <laughs> do you remember that? And uh, let's all have a disco and the um, the inflatable bananas. But um, yeah. well, they they tried to mimic that uh, um, the Etihad the other week. Yeah, they failed, didn't they? Yeah, well, they were the ones been. that started it when they was at Grimsby with their plastic haddocks. I can't remember. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I still but, um, I think Chelsea. Chelsea started everything. They were celery, didn't they? Oh, I'm glad they sung that the other week. I do like that song. Yeah, I do. I do. They sang it at the Crystals, didn't they? they Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Talking of Grimsby and Haddocks, the first time I ever went to Grimsby away, I went into a fish and chip shop and I ordered cod. The look I got was the frostiest reception I've ever seen. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The the Palace fan I was with turned and looked at me and went, mate, 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 it's a Haddock town, it's a Haddock town, you can only order Haddock. (laughs) I thought thought the guy, uh, well, he probably did spit in my chips. (laughs) Talking talking to Man uh, Man City, um, back back in the days when the bananas first started coming around, that was when the, the old Stone Roses and the Happy Mondays, and people used to take ecstasy before they went to football just, just to be the in the old swaying about all over the stadium. That's why the football violence has stopped as well. They'll be going there. Don't have a go at the ref. He's trying his hardest. <laughs> oh, everyone's stoked. Yeah, peace, man. <laughs> anyway, I think that's enough for one week, do you? I think so. <laughs> right, um, Terrence wants to go watch the Super Bowl. Terrence wants to watch the Super Bowl. I've got to go and iron a shirt for a job interview. And Joe's got to sort his, uh, his typing cat out. <laughs> Um, <laughs> thanks very much for listening don't forget the uh, the competition uh, email us on that one and um, hopefully oh, Chris sorry, oh. can I nip in with one more thing quickly Go this on. is a Terence at redandbluearmy.co.uk it's a disgrace it's kind of similar um, <laughs> just so everyone ne- next week at the Watford game uh, we'll be selling Flying High fan, uh, magazine so get your copy you for one, get, your co- get your copy for £1.50 why is it called Flying High because that was the B-side of Power to the Palace <laughs> the 70s, we're flying high. We're on to win. We're going to win. We are the, I don't know the words. John Ellicott, uh, John the Programme Seller, says I don't know. I think it is. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <Jeez>. Bye. <laughs>
You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.